What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Good morning, Akronites, and everybody here at the University of Akron or listening somewhere surrounding, either on the Radio FX app, on your phone, Apple Music, anywhere, any stratosphere. Doesn't matter. It's still the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. And that is Sports Power Talk here on WZIP. I am your host, Logan Congrove, and joining me this week are two very incredible analysts. On this side of the desk, I have Mr. Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Very excited to be here and talk about some sports with you guys. Absolutely. We have a very football-impacted show today, which is why these two guests are very special for this show. And on the other side of the desk, you've probably heard him hosting the last few times he's been on, and it's very exciting to have him back as a normal analyst on the other side of the desk. It's Mr. Matt Permuka. I have so much less stress right now. This is, <laughs> this is immaculate. Vibes right now through the roof. But, yeah, let's, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Absolutely. It's good to have you on the other side of the desk, Matt. Not that that's a diss in any way. No, you're, an incredible, you're an incredible you're host. Like- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have a very football-impacted show today, but we're going to start off with some MLB talk, lots of things going on to discuss. But then as we get into our show, we're going to get into some NFL headlines. Hot Mike, which Elon Musk decided not to post our tweet until this morning. Sounds so if you right. haven't gotten your questions in, head over to our Twitter at WZIP Sports. We will accept your questions, of course. And then we'll get into a lot of college football. To finish out, we will talk about our Cleveland Browns and lots of things going on there, as well as the preseason wraps up. Matt and I both have gone to training camp in the past week, saw some things that we'll talk about. But let's get right into it with the MLB, starting off with the Angels. And Shohei, Tom, Shohei Otani's injury, and he's still hitting with this injury, and Mike Trout was just taken off the IL to be put back on the IL the next day what is going on with the Angels? Why Why is this their, well, their right. MO? Here's the thing. So typically when you think of like a dumpster fire franchise in sports, they're, they're like a lack of talent. Think about like the 4-40 and 40 Browns. Like there's no hope <laughs> for that team. Think of like the 0-16 Lions. Think about the process 76ers. There was no talent, all right? What's so crazy about the Los Angeles Angels in my mind is that they have the two best players in Major League Baseball, and they are still just this perennial bottom feeder in a (laughs) relatively weak division. Like, look, how... 
this is one of like the my biggest questions with baseball. Like, you know, it's so year to year with like players and stuff like that. But when you have two guys that are the pillar of consistency, two top ten players in the league, two top five players at their positions, and you can just never can. Mike Trout has played three playoff games in his career. He has made one wild card series. It doesn't make sense to me with the Los Angeles Angels and just the complete mismanagement. I, I don't even know what to call it because if it was mismanagement, they wouldn't have talent. <laughs> but it's just, right. I, I'm at a loss for words with this franchise. It doesn't make sense to me, man. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, honestly. I mean, it, it's like baseball differentiates itself from basketball in terms of like, Basketball, if you have two superstar talents, two guys that separate themselves. Well, you're in the conference finals at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it's crazy for baseball. Like, it just shows in baseball, it takes a complete team, a complete franchise, pitching and batting. It takes both sides well, to make a successful dude, I'll argue with Otani. They have technically three top 10 players at their positions because Otani right. is it's an crazy. incredible pitcher and yeah. an incredible batter. Yeah. And then Mike Trout is just a five-tool phenom like, in the outfield. nobody we've ever seen before. Mike Trout's like one of the best players of our generation. Like it's unbelievable how they haven't been able to have more success. It's absolutely insane, man. Yeah. You know, it's good that you bring up that Mike Trout is one of the best players of our generation because my next question for you guys was, is this going to affect Mike Trout's legacy, what legacy? by the Angels' lack of success? What legacy? Elaborate, Matt. What legacy? Dude, oh. the only time I see Mike Trout is when he makes his annual three-game trip to Cleveland and when he's on a Subway commercial. <laughs> they do a ter- oh, wow. they okay. do a terrible job of marketing him. Mike Trout, you have to like actively search. Mike Trout is the only top ten player in their professional sport where you have to actively seek out to see oh. this person. Like Think of the NFL, man. Like, they force, like, Dak Prescott, like, even back with Brady. Like, they, like, mm-hmm. NFL, they force these guys mm-hmm. down your throats. NBA, you know, there's primetime games four nights a week. You're bound to see Embiid, Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Like, you're going to see those guys. Mike Trout, mostly because he, like, because he plays on the West Coast, that's a difficult thing, and he has the LA market by nature. But, like, they don't put the Angels on television. Like, Sunday Night Baseball, yeah. never any Angels games. That uh, national game on Saturday afternoons you get on, like, NBC, never the Los Angeles Angels. It's just, mm-hmm. you have to actively seek him out. And, yeah, people can tell me how great he is all the time, but they they don't market him. I can see his highlights the next morning on all those talk shows, but, like, I, I never get to see it live. Yeah, he's the least marketed superstar in baseball, for sure. Like, it, it's crazy. But, like, I mean... Mike Trout, yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think we take him for granted because of how great of a player he is. And, I mean, I think he actually does have a legacy just because of the impact he's had on the game. Not, I mean, it takes a whole team to win. And so I'm not going to diss Mike Trout, cause he, and he's been injury prone. So, like, I'm not going to, like, diss him too much or say he doesn't have a legacy just because of those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you guys. It's it's all marketability. I wouldn't go with the word legacy either. The, yeah, I, like, I think he's a very marketable guy, though. That's the thing. So like, it's an organizational like, issue. Well, the, yeah, they like, put him in commercials. He's good in commercials. Like He's good in front of a camera. It's just like the MLB just doesn't want us to see the best players, I guess. Do like, you think that's yeah. an issue around the league, well, not just le- Mike that's, Trout? Oh, that's a league-wide issue, sure. man. That's a yeah. league-wide issue. If it wasn't for, like, Bally Sports Ohio, I wouldn't see, like, any of, like, these Reds highlights and stuff like right. that. I mean, yeah. like, I have no idea what's happening with the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. Like, I have no idea what's happening. They with exist? 
Right. Exactly. Like they <laughs> exist, but like outside of like my own division teams, like I don't like. I, I, I'm not obli- like I'm not caught up with them through right. local Guardians broadcast, and you know, surely just the surrounding teams is not brought up at all on like national media. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, let's turn this into a little game. You mentioned the MLB is hard, not good at marketing their players. No. What any league, any player, any sport, who is the least marketed player that should be marketed more? That should be any oh, any sport, tough. any area. Oh, Ooh, right man. off the rip. Okay, that's wow. tough. Yeah. That should be marketed more? Cool. Yes. I'll keep it close. Nick Chubb. Oh, that okay. is a good one. Yeah, he I only like has that. he only like has that. a local tire commercial, and I only know that because when I had to get new tires, I saw his cardboard cutout <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in the lobby. It's... Yeah, Nick Chubb, man, he's just a quiet, reserved guy, and he's, you know, best running back in the league. All right, look at that. <laughs> I thought of something. That was <laughs> proud of myself. So I'll go with another Cleveland guy. I'm going to go with Darius Garland. Okay, I, I, like I think that. he's a little underrated. I don't see him enough in the media. Like you see, Donovan Mitchell gets all the headlines now. Now that he's came to town, so I would say Darius Garland. I would go Luka Doncic. Ooh, I like that with the Mavs. Oh, okay. Well, but he okay, he's so not he's, he's big international. He's marketed. He's got the international NBA market, Europe. but his yeah. own team doesn't market him. Like that, not yeah, let alone the league. I mean, oh, he, Luka oh, Doncic he, is a top five player in the league, and he's he market, he's marketed well here. Yeah, yeah, you Slovak. Cleveland has the uh, one of the highest Slovak populations in uh in the country, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, so you know, Luca from Slovenia was Czechoslovakia. That's like that's where I originate from. So like, you know, my, my family's got a little soft spot for Luca because I was gonna say, isn't it you that really likes Luca? Oh yeah, dude. I just he's living my dream, man. Just a just a pudgy guy <laughs> that can party and still be at the top of his game. Yeah, yeah. He's living my dream. <laughs> uh, sticking with. The Angels. Before we move to a different disliked team, with <laughs> with the lack of success with the Angels and Mike Trout being unmarketable or not being unmarketable, his team not marketing him, is it going to drive Otani away from LA, LA at the end of the season? Oh, I see yes. no reason why he should ever come back to this franchise. Yeah. I think it's pretty apparent he like he, he wants a playoff run, any mm-hmm. playoff run at this point. And he like, deserves it. He's the be- one of the best players in the league, if not the best. Yeah, sure. he probably is. Like, he's a top 15 pitcher and a top five batter in uh, one. So I think just by that alone, like, like there's like a Swiss Army knife. He's like a double-edged katana. Like, he is just right, yeah. great at everything. It's, yeah, I completely agree, honestly. Like, I just don't want to see him, like, go to the Yankees or the Astros. Like I would like to see him go to the NL. Not get a like, get a ring, Dodgers man. No, or the Braves or dude, stuff six, like that. Six years with the Angels. That's punishment enough. He can <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, and I will be okay. completely fine okay, with his fair. choices. <laughs> so you have that? Would you have that same energy when LeBron left the Cavs? Six years with the Angels is punishment enough. If LeBron when he was LeBron, with the Cavs the first LeBron, time. Okay, no, LeBron made a finals. Okay. Le- All right, that's, that's a fair point. Shohei Otani has never sniffed a wild card round. That's a uh, very Mike fair Trout point. Mike Trout hasn't made the playoffs since Obama's first term. <laughs> that's a wow. very fair point. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, right? Like that's like that's why it's a bit different with that. Yeah, I'd like to see Otani go somewhere else, but I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Jonathan. I don't really want to see the guy go to like the Yankees because yeah, then you got networks suck. like yeah. Fox Sports, ESPN. They are going to be oh, all over that, and like you sure. said, Matt, they're going to shove that down our throats that Shohei <laughs> Otani plays for oh, the yeah. for the, yeah. the, no, the I, I, I wherever. The Yankees, the Mets, somewhere in some big franchise that nobody wants to see him playing for, and yeah, oh yeah, yep. And, just, and don't you worry, that's where he'll end up. That's the yeah. way. 
Probably. It works for us around here. Yeah. Won't be Cleveland, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, no, our owners don't spend money no. despite being the fourth wealthiest in Major League Baseball. But who's counting? Oh, wow. Oh, boy, the Dolans. The Dolan slander never ends here. Why, why would we spend money on a franchise when we can just fund Matt Dolan's fourth failed Senate bid? All right, that's enough. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pivot. All right. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, sticking with the Yankees, like I said, we're going to pivot to another team that we don't like, and Jonathan brought it up, so it's another good transition by Jonathan. Aaron Judge is on a home run tear recently, yeah. and it poses the question, is he the most entertaining player in baseball? Well, now that Shohei Otani doesn't have an elbow, uh, kind of by default, I guess so. No, I would say no, honestly. I mean, I think I, I think Shohei Otani's still, like, the best player to watch in baseball. I mean, he's swinging the bat like crazy. Like, you can argue he's a better hitter than Aaron Judge. And then I, Ronald Acuna Jr., I think he's a player that no one talks about mm. for, like, most oh, entertaining. Valid. valid. He's, That's like, a good pick. He's an incredible player. And like, Nelson De La Cruz in Cincinnati right now is also yeah, that's like, another he was the talk of the one. summer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get talked about enough. But no, dude, Aaron Judge, he hit like four home runs in a 24-hour span. Yeah, I, that I, was I live with a Yankee fan. I don't get away from it. That's I, rough. I, I Yankees are see. struggling, though. I know, that's my yeah, that's, one. Hey, that's a good thing. I'm, yeah, I'm sure, cool yeah. with that. He can hit all the home runs he wants America, if they're still... America yeah. wins when the Yankees lose. That's right. Indeed. Yeah, I think I would probably say with the same reasoning as you, Matt, that Aaron Judge is currently the most entertaining player only because Shohei Otani does not have an elbow. Yeah, <laughs> because I before that, yeah. Look, I actually would argue, it, it's been down recently, but but De La Cruz from the oh, Reds yeah, is entertaining. Yeah, but I haven't, oh, yeah. again, with the marketability, I haven't heard much about him recently. No, He was like either. on fire, every social media platform ever, and yeah. then it just... Went away. Oh, you, oh, you play in Cincinnati? Yeah. See ya. No, uh, nope. Nobody cares. Yeah, because, just, oh, you live in Ohio? Oh, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I just hope with Aaron Judge, they don't ruin college football Saturdays by going to live cut-ins of him at the batter's box again. That was crazy. That was yeah, abysmal. Yeah. That was the worst. <laughs> I remember your message in the group chat. You were like, make it stop. I'm trying <laughs> to watch the game. That was, that was like every week. That was my like college. And it was fo- always like a swing and a miss, too. It was, was my, never his actual hit. There was one call. It was Sean Mc, uh, McDonough, I believe. It was the uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky game. And he goes, oh, we have to cut away now to watch Aaron Judge strike out. <laughs> he came back and he goes, back to a sport people care about. <laughs> it was great. Oh, That's man, awesome. the announcers were hated. Wow. It was it was a joke. I've never seen anything like that. Here's the thing, Shohei, they didn't even do that for LeBron thing. breaking the scoring right. record. Here's the thing. Shohei Otani could potentially tie or break Aaron Judge's home run record, and I yeah, don't think yeah. they'd do it for Shohei. No. Oh. It's because the dude plays for the 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 Yankees, the whatever they're em- called. The evil empire. I don't even want to say they're <laughs> the team, team name. George Costanza built. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Team in the Bronx that nobody likes. Except those people. Except those people. And they do. We talked about this last week. Yankees fans are pretty. Obnoxious. They're pretty obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But I'm actually, I'll ask you guys the same question I asked last week because I'm curious. Okay. Worst fan base in sports. Yankees. My answer last week was yeah. Boston. Yankee. Oh, no. I'm going with the Any Yankees Boston too. team is what my answer was. Oh, any, okay, Boston is a town potentially, but I mean, yeah. like, look, I, I'll say this. Baseball is like my least favorite of the major three sports. Yankees are the fan base I hate the most. And that's saying someone that, like, you know, AFC North yeah, like t- yeah, I, I followed the AFC North religiously. You might have uh, a difficult night with your roommate now saying this on air. Oh, I, 
So, so be it. <laughs> oh, man, that the playoffs last year, that was... that was whew. Long one for you, huh? Game four. Well, the Oscar Gonzalez walk off was that's when oh. I peaked. Uh, but game five, we don't awesome. we don't talk about that there. He he yeah. didn't actually watch the ALDS out in like our like living room with us because I bullied him so relentlessly during that playoff stretch that he just <laughs> just sat in his room and watched the Yankees lose to the Astros. So I feel like I <laughs> nice I I'll win. If, yeah, that's a win. If it's that's a shouting man, I I will win. <laughs> Yeah, let's all let's all give lots of good thoughts to Matt as he heads home to his Yankees roommate after. Oh, we have our fantasy draft today too. So I mean, oh, that I is going to be fun. Oh, I get to double bully him. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be. Nice. You think you're going to win that league? Me? Because we'll get into our league a little bit later. Oh, you can, oh, But your personal league? Oh, the people in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like taking candy from a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy football expert, Mr. Matt Permuka, which we will tap not, into like, later. Yeah. Expert, but like the my friend, the, the friends I play with, man, that's just. <laughs> I mean, are we talking? Are we talking Pat Weber bad picking Najee Harris number one overall? Oh, oh I'm talking right. like the one that thought, why is Zeke not a top twenty fantasy oh, back when he was a free agent? <laughs> wow. Oh boy! Also, Yankees roommate, oh, wow. so that should tell you. How, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that should tell you how today's going to go. For Jonathan doesn't even know that story, man. Last year on our fantasy yeah. draft. We did a whole podcast. It was this huge, elaborate oh, thing. Oh, it was like a two and a half and it was, hour It took forever. Really? We finally get set up. Pat has the first pick. And we're all... There was people in here, in the on-air studio. There's people in the backup studio. People in there. And oh, Pat, yeah. Pat was in a room. I think Pat was in a room by himself. Really? Yeah, and he was in the director's room. <laughs> Pat was in a room wow. by himself. And Pat picks Najee Harris number one overall and I heard oh, every single so person rough. in this whole studio go, what? And he texts and says... Najee the goat. Oh my I remember. God. Alex, so I've so told real. this story a few times wow. on the fantasy podcast, but Alex, he texts me right after because, like, the fantasy podcast that was like that's a like we run that together, and he goes, "Dude, no one's gonna listen to this now because they're gonna be like, why am I gonna listen to these college kids? I just took Najee Harris one overall, and that same guy took Baker Mayfield over." Like oh, other wow. quarterbacks, it, it was early. It was oh, like the seventh round. Baker, like this, yeah. Oh man, I forgot wow. about. I that. was like concerned about That's Pat's crazy. health oh. for those two picks alone. Oh my gosh, this wow. yeah, that was that was a social That's experiment. Oh. I refuse to believe he meant any of those things. I think That's he like really did mean the Najee Harris one. Oh, he finished three and oh, he had whatever. like no wins. Yeah, oh, he did okay. nothing. <laughs> But we'll definitely get into some fantasy football talk later. But let's finish out the baseball segment with the Cleveland Guardians, starting with our manager, Terry Francona, who has hinted the last couple days at a possible retirement. In my opinion, I don't think it's a possible retirement. I think it was an indirect way of saying I'm going to retire at the end of the season. But let's get your guys' thoughts on this one. You said indirect way because, like, Terry Francona, like, what he's done for baseball, like, you know, rebuilding the Boston Red Sox into, like, you know, a competent franchise again, uh, you know, bringing baseball back in Cleveland after, you know, like, we kind of hit a plateau in the early 2010s. Like, Tito Francona, if he were to go take, like, a, like if he were to come out and say, like, let's say in spring training, he said this would be my final year. Every away destination would be sold out and just paid like homage to Tito because that's the kind of legacy he deserves, but he would never want that. Tito is kind of like, he's the most laid back low key guy ever. Like remember after they beat the Rays last year, he just took his moped and his flip flops. <laughs> like, yeah. That's Terry Francona, man. He doesn't want this like, you know, like, I don't know, like fast paced, like high environment, like look at me type thing. He's more just like, 
Let me be me, man. So I, I feel like, yeah, that's him basically hinting that that was going to be it. And, you know, he just doesn't want to draw all that attention to it. But I think after this season ends, within a few weeks, I think we'll get that official announcement. I mean, honestly, I don't want him to retire. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think he probably will. I just think it would be a bad way to, like, end such a great career as a manager. And, like, I would want that. As a Cleveland Guardians fan, I would want him to get honored, like, at those away games. People coming to see him for those away games. Like, it'd be cool for the Guardians as a franchise. But, yeah, I do think he will retire. I would love to see specifically, because I I agree, I would like to see him at the away games, specifically in Boston. I I would love to see that reception. Oh, he he would be he'd be a legend amongst mortals there. Yeah, it's like they 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 love him in two World Series there. After it was just doom and gloom with that franchise mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like look, okay. Like as if as much as like I love the 2016 and you know 2017 run. Even after that, his World Series in Boston. That's like his defi- That's his career defining moment. Like I think 2016 yeah. kind of just reinforced just how good of a manager he was. But like his. His claim to fame, like, unfortunately, uh, I guess, yeah. from, like, a Cleveland standpoint, it's going to be Boston. Yes. I think he's obviously sure. a Hall of Famer, and when he goes oh, into the Hall of Fame, it's, I think it's going to be as a Red Sox manager. I would agree with that. Oh, you know, you know, it's that also a fun fact. You know, he was Michael Jordan's manager when he was with the yes. AA affiliate. Yeah, Jordan Tito. Rides the Bus oh, documentary. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Tito was Michael Jordan's manager. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I just love sharing that story. The greatest just, baseball player of all time. It's just so cool hearing that. Like, <laughs> yeah. what how, a, he, how he's like so indirectly connected. Well, he's directly connected with like LeBron and Michael. Just, I'm yeah. so on this. I've been on the search for a Michael Jordan White Sox jersey for so long. They are so hard to find. But I feel yeah, like really. it would be so cool. It seems like yeah, it, it seems like an untapped resource, man. I want yeah. one so bad. Dude, go to like the Chicago Cubs team store. I feel like you might have some luck there. Yeah. It seems like an untapped market. Like, you know, he's a Bulls or legend. Or could maybe hit up Gate. Yeah, yeah, you can also <laughs> order from China, yeah. And actually, I, I just bought Logan Buchanan a, a Warriors jersey. I paid up on my end of a bet that I made with him that if the Heat did not win the finals, I'd buy him any jersey that he wanted. But I didn't tell him the conditions of the deal where it, it did not have to be a real one. So I bought him a DH Gate Warriors jersey. Is it like one of like It actually style? came out really nice. I was kind of hoping it would look bad just to make the bet funnier. But it came it came in the mail and I was like, "Man, I actually like want to keep it." Like it looks <laughs> it was a uh, it was the one with the roses on the front. The black and yellow Warriors jersey. Oh, oh because yeah. he's a, a quote unquote Warriors fan. I don't get how his fandoms work. That no. doesn't make sense to me. Him and Pat Weber's fandoms make no sense. Yeah. No. At all. And Marcus, Marcus is the worst. <laughs> Marcus's fandoms are the worst. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think he just roots against whatever the popular consensus. He just likes is. to go in the group chat and say <laughs> wow. well, the Browns are terrible. The Browns are terrible. But then if the Browns win the Super Bowl, I guarantee he'd be the first person to be like, oh, what a great win! Oh yeah, go Browns. <laughs> wow. Marcus <Okay>. Anderson. <laughs> but yeah, Terry Francona is looking like he's going to retire. Do you guys have an idea? Do you think that they could hire someone in house? To replace him, or would they look outside the organization? I think uh, that's I, tough. I think Sandy Alomar would be really hard that to pass up. That was my thought. But one of the names okay. I saw floating yeah. around was Mike Napoli, and like that, oh, that really, would, that oh, would. He's the wow. Rangers' first base coach currently. Like, look, Ooh. give Mike Napoli. Like, 
I would we, not be opposed to that at all. If we bring in some prospects and we could bring back Party at Napoli's, like, okay. That would be <laughs> so be cool. cool. Yeah. I'm on the Mike Napoli hype train. I don't think it happens. You think if they hire Mike Napoli, then Alomar leaves? Because I, I, I feel, I, if I, feel I was like him, I'd I, feel slighted. I, I understand how yeah. uh, Sandy would yeah. feel like that. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, I mean, I would trust uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff because, I mean, They've consistently put together playoff rosters with lit, quite literally no funding. So mm-hmm. whatever they yeah. decide, I would assume they would put a competent roster around whoever is uh, calling the shots in Cleveland. So, Yeah, honestly, I would say um, they would go with someone in-house. Like Sandy Almore Jr. would probably be the favorite for me there. Just makes too much sense. It does yeah. make too much sense, yeah. and it's it Mike Na- like that what they would do. But Mike Napoli would be such a vibe, it would be. man. That would be, be such cool. a vibe. <laughs> he wore those neon green batting gloves, and he'd send those baseballs to like, he'd send them into Lakey. Oh man, I would love yeah, to see him player. get in a uh, mound argument. Oh, <laughs> he, dude, he's still jacked, and he's got like full sleeves <laughs> tattoos. Like, nice. if I was an umpire, man, I'd be. Running. I would roll up in a ball and just. Like, Yes, I'm sorry, whatever sir. Whatever I'm sorry, say. Mr. Napoli. Just just add three runs to Cleveland's score, right? Now. Just, add, just add three. If you don't touch me, I'll give you an extra run. <laughs> oh, man, Mike Napoli, vibes and coercion. Not a name that I heard yet, man. That's a yeah, new one. I, no. I like that. But I do think that, like you said, Alomar probably the most likely replacement. I'd be very surprised if they go externally other than Mike Napoli because there are so many yeah. people within our organization that could potentially have that job yeah. and i do i foresee terry francona having a say in who gets that job too i uh, i would get that should, so here's the thing should. tito's guy is currently the rays i forget who it is the, who, the current rays manager it's not kevin cash anymore is it i don't i don't um, know off the top of my head kevin cash I, I, is the I'm, worst I'm, manager I'm sure. in baseball i am blanking on the name that was tito's like guy the one that like he brought up I don't know if Tito and Sandy Alomar are like that. I know it's like, Kevin Cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, okay. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Cash was I like. I do not Tito's. want Kevin Cash. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it will be Kevin Cash. But you're saying if Tito will have a say, that was the guy Tito kind of put all his stock into. Right. Like, like would speak highly for. He helped him get the raise job. Mm. So I don't know if he and Sammy are on that level, but I do think Tito should get like at least some input in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he will. Not necessarily like final decision, but he might. They might say, hey. What are your thoughts? What have you seen from your staff? Or is there anybody on the outside that you yeah, think would fit? Yeah. More of an opinion. And I could see, I can honestly see Tito staying in some sort of like mentor role in the front office, maybe. Just not an yeah, on field, like a consultant type of role That'd be, in the I front mean, office. I think he could do that. I think most likely he goes back to TV because he's just so yeah. I mean, he's so funny. Yeah. Just like yeah. a. Tony Larusa got a consultant role with the with the White Sox. Oh boy. Oh, that wow. that is a guy that needs to learn that the game of baseball has passed him by. Yeah, yeah. It Probably passed him by third. after the first time he was a manager. <laughs> then he came back and he was a manager again, and now he's oh. still in the White Sox organization. This oh, is a guy wow. that still wears his team uniform when he's in the dugout. Yeah. No managers do that anymore. No, because it's dumb. That is one of the dumbest. I've always wondered why that was ever a thing. It is so dumb. Yeah. Grown, <laughs> grown 50, 60-year-old men wearing the same jerseys as these 19-year-olds that are out there. Can you just imagine Bill Belichick in shoulder pads? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just not a thing in other That'd sports. Be and before we get to our Player of the Week segment, I just kind of thought of this question. Yeah. What do you guys think of adults, not necessarily our age, like real, like, 
35, 40-year-old adults mm-hmm. wearing players' jerseys with the names on the back. Look, I'm I'm not a I'm not a jersey guy to begin with. Like I've only yeah. had I bought a Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon jersey when I, I was had ten. Both <laughs> they they flopped and I got bullied, so I stopped. Uh, then when the Browns' new uniforms rolled out, I got a Baker and a Miles jersey. Oh, one of those was successful. Yeah, one of those guys <laughs> is still competent. Yeah. Uh, and then I have a Darius Garland jersey. Like those are like the like I, I I'm not much of a jersey guy, man. Like unless I'm like going to like the games itself, I still feel like until I'm like I don't know like 25, I could probably pull that off. But it just feels weird to me as like like I I still feel weird wearing jerseys right now, regardless because it's like I I don't know these people, and that's my I point. Don't, I don't. Why wanna, are these I, grown? I, I pride myself on not having parasocial relationships with athletes and celebrities. <laughs> it's like man, this is this is feeling really counterintuitive right now, Matt. Ugh. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've never even thought of it, to be honest. I mean, I don't wear jerseys personally. I have some. I wore some when I was little and as a kid. But I, I, I think you guys brought up some good points there that I haven't really thought about before. So I kind of agree with you guys there. And I get, like, little kids wearing them. No, that's completely but fine. But even, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. used to be – people in middle school used to call me the jersey kid. I counted it. I had enough NBA jerseys to last me. There's four quarters in school, like one, two, you know how that yeah, used to yeah, work. Yeah. I had enough to last me until spring break. Every day, a different jersey. <laughs> wow. Logan, and I tried it. Wild. Logan, that's, that's over 100. Uh, yeah. Yeah, jeez. I still have wow. them all. They're all in bins. None of them fit me anymore. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I have a lot. Dude, you are going to be <laughs> like the king of the flea market. I cannot wait to either give them all to my kids or sell them all on eBay. Dude, everyone loves thrifty mm, now. Yeah. Just get a tent at the flea market mm-hmm. and just have like, ooh, Mike yeah. Bibby's Memphis Grizzly jersey right oh, up here. Oh, I had so many. But <laughs> so is that a Marcus Smart jersey? Who's another obscure player from like the twenty tens? Like who's Oh, a- my most obscure my most obscure one I have and I know off the top of my head being obscure. Actually two. I had a Ty Lawson Denver Nuggets jersey. No way. And I have oh, a wow. Chris Anderson Miami Heat jersey. Oh a bird man. Oh, <laughs> <awesome>. Okay. <laughs> But before we close out our segment, let's get into our MLB Player of the Week segment. For those of you who don't know, it is where we can pick any MLB player for any reason to be our Player of the Week. Starting with Jonathan, who do you have this week? So I got Descano Anderson of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, He had two homers and six RBIs last night and nine hits, including four multi-hit games. Like, he's been incredible uh, for the Mariners, and the Mariners have been a really hot team right now, and part of the reason is because of what this guy did. Good choice, Matt. Okay, I'm going to bend the rules again, but I think this is for a good reason. I'm going with Cleveland Guardian superfan, the late great great John Adams. Uh, Thursday was the 50-year anniversary of when he first brought his famous drum uh, into then Municipal Stadium. Uh, and so the Guardians announced that uh, the start of the 2024 season, the bleacher seating will be named the, uh, in honor of John Adams, and his famous drum is actually on its way to Cooperstown right now in the Hall of Fame. That's so, awesome. Wow. That's uh, awesome. Late yeah. great John Adams, Guardian superfan. This week's for you, buddy. Great pick, yeah. Matt. Awesome. I'm also going to pick a Seattle Mariner. I'm picking Julio Rodriguez. In the last seven games, he oh, is averaging yeah. – batting average. He has six stolen bases, and his OPS is 1.417. He is obviously on a tear as well. As you said, the Mariners are on a tear. Very strong team as of late. And that is going to do it for our first segment of the show. Talked a lot of baseball. 
baseball. Ooh, that was <laughs> weird. Sounded Southern. <laughs> a lot of baseball talked on the first segment. We're going to get into football for pretty much the remainder of our show. But our next segment does include Hot Mike. So if you haven't got your questions in, head over to our Twitter at WZIP Sports and get your questions in now. Stick with us right here on Z88. Welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. It's Sports Power Talk on Z88, and we are heading into our second segment of the show, and it's time to talk some football. Everybody's favorite up here. All the panelists, all the analysts here on today's panel are very excited about football. You can see it on both their faces and mine as well. We have a lot of cool headlines to talk about today. The Cleveland Browns have their own segment at the end of the show, so this NFL segment will not consist of any Cleveland Browns talk unless it comes up spontaneously, which it could. You never know. It is Matt Permuka on today, so you never know. But let's start off with probably the biggest headline of the week, and that is... Trey Lance, which is not a guy that I didn't that I thought I was going to hear one single word about this whole season for the oh. third year in a row. <laughs> and that headline is the 49ers finally realized the mistake that they made in that drafting an FCS quarterback number was it 2 or 3? Three? 3. Number 3 yeah, overall three. did not work out and that the guy they picked yeah. in the 7th round with quite literally the last pick is better than him. <laughs> Wow. And if I you just, look back at the uh, trade. I just don't think Kyle Shanahan likes competent quarterbacks. I think that's it. I feel like Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> just, he, he needs like this really trait-lacking guy to be like, hey, just do what I tell you. And if you do anything out of structure, I will put in Sam Darnold, who will do anything I tell him. Uh-huh. Uh, well, so I don't yeah. know. If, I, don't, I just think Trey Lance uh, was more of like a John Lynch byproduct, and him and Kyle were just a match that was never supposed to be made. Yeah, I agree. But, it's unfortunate. So, <laughs> Trey Lance, let's take a look back at what the 49ers gave up to get oh, Trey and, Lance. And do you, ha- do you oh, have what it's become, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I was going to read. <laughs> oh, so, nice. originally, this deal didn't look that bad. The 49ers needed a quarterback. They traded three first-round picks, man. All right? You know how, like, the Browns that's were... confidence. Dr- we were dragged <laughs> through the mud for doing that same thing. and that, right, but yeah. All right, no. I'm about to pull up. I'm going to pull up the graphic here of what the 49ers evidently gave up for Trey Lance. So the Dolphins received a, the pick that selected Jalen Waddle. Wow. A pick that they used to trade for Tyreek Hill. <laughs> a pick that they used to trade for Bradley Chubb. And a oh, pick wow. that they used to draft Channing Tindall. For nothing. But yeah. the pick that the 49ers used on Trey Lance, who is now shipped to be a backup to Dak Prescott in Dallas. Trey Lance uh, or, like, yeah. the entire Miami Dolphins core? You decide. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, that I has don't know, to be, man. Seems pretty balanced <laughs> to me. That has to be, looking back, one of the worst trades in NFL history. Or could prove to be one yeah. of the worst trades in NFL that's, history. That's a bad one. That, I, think, yeah. I think Mike Ditka trading his literally entire draft for, for Ricky, Ricky Williams. Williams. <laughs> I, I think oh, that was a Can you imagine so what bad. was going through their head? So imagine every NFL, every NFL team has a war room. Imagine Mike Ditka comes into the room and goes, Guys, go on home. We're done. And you look at the guy, and he said, "I just traded everything for what do you mean everything? <laughs> everything? <Yes. laughs> you see, you see those picks we have on the board? Take them off. They're gone. <laughs> They're gone, and so are picks from the next year. So oh, goodbye." Wow. For yeah. Ricky Williams. Honestly, I would be too afraid to tell Mike Ditka no. I would have said yeah. yes, sir. Okay, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> but Trey Lance shipped to Dallas. This 
the original, like the 49ers Dolphins deal reminds me of, it's reminiscent of the Brooklyn Nets and uh, Boston Celtics deal. That's how just bad yeah. it really oh, looks yeah. for me. But Trey Lance is headed to Dallas now for a mid-round pick, which what would he do? What clearly the 49ers can make use of these late picks because now their starting quarterback was Mr. Irrelevant. But Trey Lance is in Dallas. Is there any possibility that he could end up potentially taking over for Dak Prescott? Because Dak Prescott's pretty injury-prone. They're going to release Will Greer, which is another funny storyline that they basically told the guy he was going to get cut but let him play the entire game. And they let Dak Prescott call plays for him. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's crazy. You bring that up as like a potential Dak replacement? Uh, Look, the Cowboys could technically get out of his contract at the end of the year if they want to eat a $62 million dead cap hit. I saw, I saw that Ben Solak tweeted so that last night from over the cap, and he goes, he was just like, wonder how this Trey Lance trade would affect Dak Prescott's future. And he goes, oh, $62 million in dead cap if they cut him. Oh. Dak's there. He's there. Yeah. So. What is the? What do you think that the thinking behind this trade for Dallas is? What are their plans for Trey Lance? Um, honestly, I think um, it just shows this trade shows that they don't have too much faith in Dak. Like I think like Trey's there as like a second uh, reliever, just so like if Dak doesn't perform well this year, do they decide to move on from him? Do they trade him or something like that? And I feel like. This just shows Dallas doesn't have as much faith in Dak as you as everyone might think. Do you think it's faith in Dak, or do you think it's faith in more more so insurance on the amount of times this guy gets injured? Well, yeah, I think it goes both ways. I think Trey Lance just needs an opportunity to start somewhere, mm-hmm. and I think like Dak is injury prone, so I get the insurance. I get both sides of that. But for me, it, it shows that Dallas is, like, thinking about what could we do if Dak doesn't perform well this year and we underperform. Because the Dallas Cowboys are a team that is clearly tired of being a joke yeah. every single year. Yeah. And so, you know what they, they did? Instead of, you, know what they, you know what they did when they were tired of being a joke? They got rid of Kellen Moore and gave Mike McCarthy back his play calling duties. Uh, <laughs> you, know how, you know how they fight being a joke? Being Yikes. an even bigger one. Yeah. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And they might as well just release that eliminated from playoff contention graphic now. Dude, the NFC's so weak though. They'll they'll yeah, they'll squeak they'll in they'll squeak in the playoffs at ten and seven is the six seed, then just get absolutely annihilated by right. Philly or San Francisco. Right. Yeah, that's a lot probably. Or maybe they'll beat right. the maybe they'll beat the NFC South winner again on accident just because that division's so bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give them the whole eliminated thing because their division's just it, it, <laughs> quite literally. Sorry, the whole conference is just a joke. Yeah. Conference, yeah. It is. It really is a total joke. So, with the addition of Trey Lance, say the Cowboys are the same old Cowboys. Does Mike McCarthy at any point consider Trey Lance as a switch for Dak Prescott? Oh, that would be so funny. Yeah, that would. That be. would be so funny. You just like that. you take away Dak Prescott, the most inconsistent quarterback in the league, and put in the most, quite literally, the quarterback that has played the least possible amount of football <laughs> in the past five years, and say that will fix our inconsistencies. I saw yeah. being consistently terrible. That, I saw a good. stat that he is the only top three pick to play that little of games for the team that drafted him in like. 
I forget what the amount of years was, but he, it was like mm-hmm. the highest, the lowest amount of games by a top three pick for the team that picked him. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And he lost it to a guy that was picked last overall in the <laughs> same draft. Dude, what if okay? What if Brock Purdy just turns into a pumpkin? Like what? Like what if his See, elbow? Yeah, like what if his elbow just like doesn't? Like what if his like that UCL was my thought like, too. What? What, what happens when Brock Purdy turns into a 199th overall pick? What, and then you, yeah, oh, you right. turn to Sam Darnold, like dude, like. And what happens when Sam Darnold is the same Sam Darnold we've seen for his whole career? <laughs> you bring. Right. I'm not Colin Coward. I don't like Sam Darnold. Oh. Funny. Not a Sam Darnold guy. Speak, speaking of that, it's even funny because Trey Lance dated his daughter. I saw <laughs> sorry, the clip sorry, of that. I had to. I had to. The <laughs> original clip of him on draft night saying, Trey Lance is that guy. Trey Lance is going to be this. And then yeah, when he got traded the other day, Trey Lance is inconsistent. Trey Lance, it's ready. Wow, it's his time yeah. to go. I was laughing so hard. I'm That's sorry. Crazy. I had to do that. I know it's not the most professional. The fr- Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's it a was, valid it, statement. Yeah, it was yeah. such low-hanging fruit, and it was right there. I had to. <laughs> it was a completely valid statement. Colin Coward. I saw that too, and I was considering bringing it up, and I'm glad that you did. <laughs> but yeah, I could see a switch eventually. The, the Cowboys are always, as always, an irrelevant franchise, as Casey Rush says one time. The Dallas yes. Cowboys. Uh, would, that tangent was legendary. That, that tangent, was, we are reworking our intro right now for the show, and that tangent is a part of it. And Let's I'm excited. That should live forever in uh, WZIP sports. I genuinely think that it it might. It's going to be one of those things. Like we still have Dan Groen talking about DMT in our <laughs> intro. Yeah, I'm genuinely thinking that this Casey Rush thing could be on the same level. Yeah, there's wow. there's a list of infamous comments and quotes and things that have been said on this show. Everybody's got one. Jonathan, you're going to have one at some oh, point. Yeah, I, I probably you. will. Everybody has some yeah. dumb comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Abby Coley has been on here three times and has already made one of the most obscure sports takes I've ever heard in my life. Do you remember that one? I didn't know. We were talking about, it was during the playoffs, and I said, who? when I say the word bust, who do you think of? And she said, Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, she wow. she totally will let me make fun of her about that comment. I've told That's her funny. many times. So I'm not dogging you on air without you knowing. You do know. No, I mean, no, but mine is like, <laughs> I went into like my, t- I, I said after the Cavs playoff loss, I just played all too well, Taylor's version, 10-minute version on repeat, and my entire car ride home from my mom's to Akron, and I took the detour. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think that'll be mine. Either that or my constant just yelling of "We are back" or "It's over." Mine, uh, mine is anything Miami Heat related. That's yeah. what made my uh, entire personality, and that was based off Mister Jake Murren. The culture will get us there. It will. The culture will always get us there. The culture, in fact, the man, culture in fact, will rework our history. In fact, if it's such a famous comment, oh, it'll end up staying on the board. Culture yeah. will get us there, so okay. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who's on the. So we're going to get everybody something on the board here soon. And the Dallas Cowboys comment by Casey Rush will be one of them. But let's move away from this irrelevant franchise and move to Mr. The most irrelevant quarterback in the NFL and my least favorite player of all time. And that is Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield was named the starting quarterback in Tampa. As much as I don't want to credit the guy, he did have a very strong preseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Extremely strong. I think his quarterback rating was 135.4 or something yeah, like that. pretty okay, It man. was pretty good. He had a strong showing. But I don't buy for a second that Baker Mayfield, even if Baker Mayfield is successful and or some level of successful, 
nobody's going to take him seriously being the guy that took over for Tom Brady because you're just not going to live up to that. And I promise you, Baker Mayfield is not a guy that's going to live up to that. No. Oh, no. See, the Baker bros are still out in full force, man. Yeah, one of them is Jake Murn. I'm so sick of hearing it. I thought he was in the rearview mirror finally, and, like, I'm just out and about every, like, you know, all my neighbors moved in Friday night, and we're all just mingling. And just someone brings up Baker Mayfield and just starts getting how he thinks he's going to win MVP. (laughs) And, like... I just oh, have to tell crazy. this guy how wow. just incorrect he is. And, you know, suddenly it just it's a 15-minute argument about, oh, well, the, the eight games in 2020. And it's like, I just, <laughs> I'm so done Good. with this guy. The sooner he can get on to college game day, the better. Like, oh, and honestly, would he would be, cool. be incredible on he would, TV. He's going to be yeah, so be. good on TV. I just yeah. want him this out is, of the, I want him out of the NFL so I can stop thinking about him. Or just stop <laughs> having people tell me about him. Stop having Jake Murren text me, Baker's the GOAT. Baker is not the GOAT. Jake Murren, Baker is not the GOAT. Uh, I do. <laughs> That's crazy, wow. It is crazy. Jake Murren is crazy. Let me tell you right now. We did him so dirty. I do think he's overrated or overhyped. Wait, no, no. Oh, he's more overhated. than overhyped. No, he's overhated. Oh, I feel he, like. no, he's, he, I don't he, think he deserves no. all this hate. His cult boys bring it on to themselves, man. It's not with <laughs> it's not with Baker Mayfield per se. It's just with his cult followers. And I, 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 I don't throw the term cult around very loosely. I am very like Eve, like I, really? I understand. Okay. I understand the weight behind that word. I could Baker Bros are a cult, man. Oklahoma fans do not follow Kyler Murray like anything no. else. Like yeah, even just good. like even like some Browns fans, like the twenty something frat guys, it's like, man, <laughs> he doesn't know you, bro. He does no. not care that you are in five man. sigma gata or whatever and like he man. doesn't care. Do you know what I saw? I was out with my friends in Kent the other night. And I turned my head. Did you see a Baker Mayfield Buccaneers jersey? A creamsicle Baker Mayfield Buccaneers jersey. And I tapped the guy on the shoulder. I was like, no way you spent money on that. No way you actually bought that. Spoiler, he went to to DHK. It was fake. It was extremely fake. But how did I know? What's what's worse? What's a worse purchase? That guy buying that or Jake Murren buying a Panthers Baker Mayfield jersey? Well, he didn't buy it. It was a gift. I've made fun of him several times for that. He goes, oh, it was a gift. So. And he probably asked for it. Yeah, so I'm going to say the person that actually spent their money on it and yeah. not Jake who got it for nothing. And honestly, yeah. at least the Panthers' colors are cool. The creamsicle jerseys are yeah, terrible. I'm sorry. I'm never yeah. going to get the photo shoot Jake I'll, did in that jersey that he sent it into the group chat. He's got his, like, thumbs pointing to the base. <laughs> I'm going to find that picture and re- let it resurface after <laughs> that, the show. That was the funniest no, thing I, ever when I'm not even going to wait while we're talking here. He's, I'm going to go grab it and post it on our Twitter. <laughs> bro, bro thought he I'm did gonna, something. I know he's not listening right now, so I'm going to post it and tag him with no context and say better listen to rewind later oh man oh. <laughs> nice. i don't want to dog jake man I, man i, I like dogging I mean, jake i miss him man i love him. i do miss Sarah. jake but i like dogging his, his jake. fandom of baker man oh it's a little odd it's a little sussy yeah just a lot yeah <laughs> oh, so sticking with baker mayfield not the fact that he is minuscule and irrelevant to the nfl but mm-hmm. how long until baker mayfield evidently screws up and is replaced by kyle trask Dude, I uh, think they're in Caleb man. Williams' contention, man. If he's screwing yeah. up, I honestly yeah. think Dude, that's I'm more productive. So, I'm already so tired of hearing about Caleb Williams. Okay, fine. Michael yeah. Penix Jr., Drake <laughs> yeah, Joe a... Milton, other college quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Caleb Williams is definitely the best quarterback in college football, though. But he, of course he is, but yeah. it's going to be just like, it's going to be like the, 
I don't know, the Patrick Mahomes of college for ESPN. Oh, I hope not. Oh, it's going to be. They love him already. They were posting yeah. about him. Just give him the Heisman already. He played one game against some San trash Jose. team. San Jose. Yeah. yeah, like. There was a whole 8,000 fans in the Rose Bowl for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, Kyle Trask. And I heard it was actually a close competition. Trask is terrible, though. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah I don't see. Not... I found it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, hey, if you're listening right now, make sure you head over to our Twitter here shortly. And... At Z88 Sports. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta At plug that. Jake Murrin 3. <laughs> no context. Just listen listen to, to Rewind. Listen to Rewind later. It'll make oh, sense. Wow. We promise. <laughs> With a heart Jeez. emoji. Oh, man, that's iconic. That is iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Everybody head over to Twitter. That picture is now up for context. Already going to like and repost as we speak. (laughs) But, yeah, Kyle Trask is not the best, but I did hear the competition was closer than you would have thought. So I'm not sure. It's actually, for me at least, it's more so not if, it is when Baker Mayfield is benched. Whoa. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that just yet. I, I still got to see what he does in the regular season with this team. I, mean, I, I, I think he'll play the whole year. I, I, I am I just he, such a Baker hater. I, 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 so am, I am such yeah. a Baker nah, hater. Dude, I can't hate on him too much. I can. I just... <laughs> You know I what? never understood hey, hey, the hype. Hey, you know how we can hate him even more? Hmm. If he plays the whole year and he's just bad. Uh, Logan Conger, yeah, a great, true, already man. retweeted the Jake Murren. Where is he goat. seeing that, man? I'm not seeing it. I just tweeted it. On- I, I Clearly, I've been refreshing. Open your eyes. They're open. Contact <laughs> lenses are in and everything. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I don't know. If Baker Mayfield gets benched, I actually would probably see them maybe looking to sign someone from the outside because Kyle Trask is also not the answer, in my opinion. No. Oh, no, no, not. dude. They're, they're in a weird spot because they yeah, spent so much yeah. money on that Brady window, and now they kind of just have to, like, lie in the like grave they dug. They still got nice pieces, though. For sure. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, they have a chance in the division just because of how bad it is. All right, it is a terrible ones. decision. Yeah, it's three posted. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, I'm actually looking at the clock here, and I'm going to skip ahead on our list of topics to get through our hot mic because you guys did come through. We have a lot of hot mic questions, even though this tweet was posted under an hour ago, which is very impressive. <laughs> Thanks, and you know what's even more impressive? Why are we getting more questions with an hour to go than we do when it's posted on Wednesday? Because it's like, you know, like 911 got to get it in. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like the same thing. We're college students. You know, we're, we're the most productive when, you know, our assignment's due in six hours yeah, and now it's due in five days. <laughs> so, guys, it's going to be time for Hot Mike. For those of you who don't know what Hot Mike is, it is where you get your chance to be in on our show at WZIP Sports on X, whatever you want to call it, Twitter, X. <laughs> and it is Elon Musk's fault that this came in so late this week because I tweeted this on Wednesday. I have a reminder on my phone that I tweet it every single Wednesday. And then I looked this morning. I was like, why are there no questions? Why did Marcus tweet his tweet on an old one? Oh, it's because it never tweeted. So here we are with our hot mic questions. Starting off. I don't know if we can answer Marcus's question. No, we cannot answer Marcus's question. I'll answer it off air, buddy. So for <laughs> at Marcus Anderson, I cannot answer your question on air, but we'll talk about it soon. And I'm not, I'm not even going to read the question on air. Good choice. Don't get fired. First real <laughs> non-page five violation question that we have is from Dan Gron. WZIP Sports alum. He said, if the Browns sign one big free agent before week one, who would you pick? One big free agent? Oh. I don't. 
Well, it's got to be a kicker. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Robbie Gold. I don't think, there's much, I Robbie think Gold. there's much talent on the free agent block, so I'll just say Randy Bullock, Rodrigo Blankenship, Robbie Gold. Yeah, those, those are Any good kicker that Anyone that is not named Cade York. Absolutely. And we are going to have a very strong debate on that. Yeah. Jonathan, you agree? Yeah, I agree with you there. Is it a yeah. debate if we all agree? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question comes in from the Baker Mayfield lover, Mr. Jake Murren. He says, what's the best movie series of all time, and why is it Pirates of the Caribbean? Jake. I have an admission. I have not watched one single of those okay. movies ever. No, Neither best either. movie series. Does the Lego movie franchise count? Sure. The Lego movie okay. franchise, man, that is the greatest comedic delivery of any, like, kids cartoon ever. I love the Lego movies so much. If we're going kids, I got to no, go. No, it's not. No, I'm saying all time. I'm, include, I'm including oh, okay. everything. All time. Wow. I love okay. the Lego movie franchise. I will lie. I will, I, I will die on that hill. I'm going with either... For a kids category, Toy Story. It's just too iconic. It, my answer That's would have fair. been Cars, but Cars Two was terrible. It's like racing. Mater is a high level spy and must stop. Cars this Two was one oh yeah, oh was poop. People, three, people want us to do another movie. Uh oh, let's write one. Let's let's put Mater in all these different cultures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or my other one would be Beverly Hills Cop okay, with Eddie Murphy. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Jonathan? Honestly, I not like one comes to mind like automatically, but I'm just gonna go with an iconic one that's had a lot of movies, but they haven't had like they haven't been as great as like the original ones. I'll go fast and furious. Oh, okay. you were gonna say Star Wars. That's a good take. I am absolutely a Star Wars hater. Me too. I haven't seen any of them. I will never, never watch yeah, Star never Wars. Will. Yeah, I don't like Star Wars. Look at that. Like Look at Star that. Wars. Wow, I've never met two other people that on site agree that it's... Star Wars stands. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is so right. Next yeah. question comes in from Mr. Logan Buchanan, who just did me a huge favor here in studio. Thank you very much. Shout out, LB. Shout out, LB. His first question is early Super Bowl predictions. Okay. Ravens 49ers. As much as I hate to say it, Ravens, Ravens 49ers. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Jeez. All right. Oh, let's think of that. Mm. And if <sighs> Seattle Seahawks and the Jacksonville oh, like Jaguars. That. I like that. So I would say the Bills and the AFC. I think they're long overdue to make the Super Bowl. And yeah, I will go with the sleeper pick there with the Seahawks. I, I really like what they're doing. Honestly, they're my favorite team in the NFC, so a little biased, yeah, dude, I guess, towards them. But they're, like, they're sleepers, man. Yeah, they're definitely. <laughs> well, gonna make, they're I not sleepers. Everyone's aware of like how good Geno is, but like they they could make some noise. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they made it if they won the division over the 49ers. Oh, neither would I, especially if yeah. Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold turn into pumpkins. Right. Like I mean, yeah. Okay. Definitely happen. Yeah. Next question is early NBA MVP guesses. That also comes in from Logan Buchanan. Oh. Has Jason Tatum won one yet? No. No. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's due. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Hmm. I'll go Giannis. <laughs> Going Giannis? Yeah. He's just, I, I, he's just so dominant. Unstoppable force. One of my favorite players in the league to watch. I'm going. With Jimmy Hemi Butler of the Miami uh, Heat. You just looked at me oh and just started laughing. Like, did I like, I was <laughs> smirking because I was ready to answer oh, okay. this. All right. Uh, I'm going Jimmy Butler. Uh, Logan Congrover, great. I'm still not very used to that. But formally, I'm going to say this every time just for context for our, our consistent listeners. Logan Congrover, great. Formerly Jake Murren, a, a goat. goat. Yes. 
Every time he asks his questions, it is only appropriate that I play his voice. It's time for your questions. Yes! Woo! <laughs> Logan Congover Great says, first player that comes to mind when I say Minnesota Twins. Uh, I'm going Los Crea. I don't that know. That was mine. Really. <laughs> I was going Joe Maurer. Oh. Okay. I actually legendary, didn't think about that. Legendary Minnesota twin. Yeah, that's yes. a good answer. I was going to say nobody. Oh. <laughs> Last week, he, you know, he asked me this when I hosted the oh, other man. day, and I go, I, I don't know. He asked the White Sox one time, and I said Michael Jordan. I mean, at oh, least he played okay. in that okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logan Congrover Great's next question is, did you watch any college football games yesterday? And if you did, thoughts on the game or games you watched? I did not. I was traveling with my soccer team, but I did see that Caleb Williams lit up some random team and Notre Dame also squandered somebody. We are back, yeah. baby. The Fighting Irish. We are back. I forgot you're a We Notre have Dame a fan. quarterback. You are so oh, lame. No. We're, we're you going, are so lame for that. Game, we're going 9-3. and three. We're going 9-3. and three. I'm well aware. Okay? I'm just let me have this. Oh. Okay, let me. Okay. When, after, right. Like in week four, when they get like dragged by Ohio State. And it's like really 70 to 42 happens. in front of touchdowns. Marcus Freeman will never just... beat Ohio State. No. Okay. okay. Tony right now. Okay. Again, he's in Notre Dame, man. All right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm not delusional. It was too close to call last <laughs> year, though. That's so creative, right, yeah. man. I have not heard that since. <laughs> Dude, when, I stole when, that one from Dan Groen. When, when that That's was awesome. made up during Kennedy's administration, you would have been the funniest man in college football. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan Conger Great's last question is favorite pie. I saw all right. It's cool. gotta be apple pie Alamo, like hot apple pie with like cold vanilla ice cream or just banana cream pie. It's a tie. <laughs> okay. okay. That sounds good. I- I'm going with pumpkin pie. Solid. Oh, that was mine. Solid. I love pumpkin pie. Jonathan, that's a great answer. That was mine as we well. We are like a few <laughs> weeks away from pumpkin pie season, man. Starbucks, yeah, so Starbucks and Dunkin'. I really want to start wearing stuff. my hoodies, man. It's oh, too hot. Dude, it's also 80 the degrees. I know. Drinks and all that. Oh, it's disgusting. October's the best time of year, all right? That is, I think oh, that's I like the... I don't know about that. Oh, okay. oh hands down, yeah. yeah. October's oh. pretty lit. I like October. Yeah football it's not terrible weather it, everything tastes great you can wear hoodies or short sleeve shirts That's yeah every, oh yeah it's a good argument it's it's awesome yes. halloween for me as a soccer coach october is beautiful the leaves Get to start busting colors. out my my soccer pants my quarter zips it's the best <laughs> oh my gosh oh <laughs> golfing when there's still like some like dew on the grass oh my goodness i'm so high for the, yeah, so hyped for the October aesthetic, man. Absolutely. I need it. We have three more questions before we head into break. It's going to bleed over a little bit, and that's okay because we want to make sure all of your questions get answered since you came through for us at the buzzer answering all these questions. Yes. This question comes in from Sava, the DJ that is on before our show every single week. If you haven't listened to his show, you should. And if you like Wordle, you should not listen to his show because yeah. he will spoil it. And he will it. not care what your opinion is on spoiling Wordle, which is fantastic. His question is, Guardians make the playoffs, Browns make it to the playoffs, Zips football has a winning season, Zips men's basketball makes it to the dance. What two are you picking to happen? Browns in the dance. Browns in the dance. Yeah. Because even if the Zips have a winning yeah. season, that means nothing. The or Football. Hey, we could go to the Bahamas Bowl or the yeah, Idaho. Listen, man, if the Akron Zips make a bowl game, did. I'll pay attention because that's never happened in my time of paying attention to Akron yeah. football. No, I've seen one win since being a student here. <laughs> one. Wow. Like in person, we won two last year. <laughs> we did? We, we, yeah. Yeah, we beat Northern Illinois. Yeah, we won two games. Okay, then I've seen no. two. Thir- well, Three. Who they beat? Huh? Top, our our freshman years. Wait, did you? My first semester here was fall of twenty one. Uh, Mine was COVID twenty twenty. Okay. 
All right, so you've so. probably seen more. I saw one win my freshman year, mm-hmm. two last year, and yeah, three. I've seen one. <laughs> I'm a senior, so wow. That's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It wasn't even a Division One team. Oh, it was the FCS team. Yeah, it was uh, Saint Saint, Francis. One we sent over the FCS, and we almost lost that game. Oh (laughs) boy! So yeah, my answer would be the dance and the Browns as well. And our last two questions come in from Evan Reiner. His first question is prediction for the Browns season this year. Evan, I'm going to defer that question to our Browns segment. So keep listening because we we'll talk about that. In conclusion, we are back. That's your preview there from <laughs> Matt Pramuka. We are and back. Evan is unfortunately a Kent is not a state student. And Evan asks, when is Akron ever going to beat Kent State in football? This year. Yeah, this Look year. at the stats. This year. When's Kent Ken, State when's is Ken's, not going to be good at football. When's Kent year? State ever going to be known for, like, academic rigor and correction? Ooh. <laughs> it's getting Whoa. heated here. Yeah. It's getting heated here in Akron. Nobody it's, likes those the rat birds down the street. <laughs> what, is, what sound does a flash make? I don't know because it's not a real thing. Birds don't have teeth. <laughs> okay. Bye, Kent. <laughs> You ain't winning this year. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to take us to our second break of the show. When we come back, we will still be talking football, but we're going to be switching over to college, which is very exciting. And we have a lot of good topics for you. So stick with us right here on TV8. We are back for our second hour of today's show. Our hot mic segment bled over a little bit. So we're getting started a little bit late in our third segment, which is our college football segment. Once again, my name is Logan Congrove. I'm your host for this week. Joining me on the other side of the desk are my two incredible football analysts, starting with Mr. Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. And happy to be here. And Mr. Matt Permuka. One more hour, as long as I don't get fired. We're good, baby. <laughs> Matt, you're the closest I've ever met to getting fired. So. <laughs> really? Wow. You and you and Matt, you and Marcus Anderson are the teeter totters there. And <laughs> <laughs> they let me host this show sometimes. Hey, yeah, you know, uh, of oh course boy. you're allowed to host the show. Why not? Because oh. you're you're goaded like that. Yeah, yeah. You have a Matt. You you have a good on and off switch, which is why you're allowed to host the show. <laughs> That's the nicest way of being called a liability I've ever heard. You are not a liability, Mr. Matt. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a teeter-totter. Yeah, teeter-totter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. You should hear, if, if you want to hear Matt maybe break some of the rules, head over to the Bachelor podcast oh, yeah. on all platforms yes. for entertainment. Because yep. Matt is also a member of our entertainment department and is actually just as funny as him being a sports member. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. It's- so let's get into our college football segment, as I mentioned before, starting off with the school in Columbus, which I'm a fan of, but I don't like to act like I'm a fan of here because we go to a completely different school and I, it looks very I fanboyish. Reflect that, yeah, reflect that completely. And that is the Ohio State University in Columbus. That Even that sounds fanboyish, saying the... The Ohio I mean, it, that's what it is. I do love the Buckeyes, but the, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and... You know what? I'm even going to call him out. I'm going to call him out, and I hope he hears me. I'm not going to be a Jeff Longville here today. You have to enunciate the the Ohio State. Because Jeff Longville is a guy, backstory, that went to this university for four years and openly said he did not like the University of Akron's athletics, and he was a Buckeye fan. But he went here. Great thing to say, wow. on our airwaves. That That's a completely... <laughs> Jeff. Not, that's a completely... <laughs> it's, it's all love, Jeff. <laughs> I just had to clown you. 
<laughs> but our first topic has to do with the Ohio State Buckeyes, according to Matt and Mr. Jeff and everybody else that likes the Ohio the State Buckeyes. Ohio State Buckeyes yeah. Ryan Day, head coach, is hesitant to name the Buckeyes starting quarterback. There's a few names in the hat, and I wanted to get your guys' weigh-in on who you think Ohio State should be starting. Yeah, honestly, I think... Uh, I think Kyle McCord's probably going to get like the actual like legitimate first yes. offensive snap of the yeah. season. I think September second against Indiana, he's going to be behind center week one because you know it's college football; they're all in shotgun. No one goes under center anymore. But um, uh, yeah, I think McCord's going to take the first snap. I would not be surprised if Devin Brown. Sp- I think he and Devin Brown are going to split that game completely. But I would not be surprised if Devin Brown is the complete like hands down starter starter uh, for week two and on. I just. Uh, for Kyle McCord, someone that's been in that system longer, you you would expect him to pull away by now. I was honestly, I, I'm still shocked. There's no starter announcement. Like yeah, you're thinking, if it was going to be McCord, you would have heard that in like early August, considering uh-huh. this is what his yeah. third year with Ohio State. Yes, he, he was like, back up to he was back up to Stroud. I was when they played the Zips. I went down there for that game. I McCord, did too. McCord, oh, yeah, yeah McCord started that yeah. game because Stroud had that shoulder injury. Stroud. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, McCord started that game. Yeah. CJ Stroud had a shoulder injury, so Kyle McCord. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that's, that. Yeah, so McCord, like you'd think, if he was going to be named a starter, you know, the guy that's been in the system longer, you know, you'd think you'd hear that in the middle of fall camp in, you know, August, but yeah, we're still here. So I don't have faith in Kyle McCord because silence is now starting to scare me for him. Yeah, I agree with you there, but I do think Kyle McCord will ultimately start for the Buckeyes. I mean, like the I said, Buckeyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> the Buckeyes. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, get it right, Jonathan. Okay. We're sticking or to Or you're a, next to get fired. We're sticking, <laughs> we're sticking to a bit, guys. We're sticking to a bit. So, yeah, I mean, he has more experience. He's got more playing time in the past. I mean, he knows the offense better. And, of course, he has chemistry with Marvin Harrison Jr., who, like, is the best receiver in college football. And, I mean, he could win the Heisman. So oh, I would ooh. like Kyle McCord to be thrown to him because they got that chemistry. Yeah, yeah. How do you think from you, yeah. Logan? You're the you're the only one that hasn't given your interest. Yeah, I my I definitely think uh, Kyle McCord is going to start. I find it very interesting that Devin Brown was number thirty three as a quarterback. That could be that'll, yeah, that's that'll so change. You that'll think? change. Like once they hear, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's so ugly. I did not know that. All right. I just don't see. Sorry, I don't follow the Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> so that much and the backups the, on the I Buckeyes really, roster. I really don't want Ohio State to go with a two quarterback system. I don't like no, that. It's not oh, a good. Idea. I don't. Michigan tried that and it was weird. I don't even like Michigan, but I I, I remember why nobody. If you if you were listening and you like Michigan, don't ever tweet us again yeah I, i'm not <laughs> not a michigan guy we, we will take the ratings drops slightly <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you like the team that rivals the ohio state buckeyes <laughs> yeah i i'm not a big fan of the two quarterback system so i think it'll end up yeah. being kyle mccord although i agree with matt the silence is a little odd as yeah, to why it it's taking so long but yeah if kyle mccord is a starter I think that brings us to our next question is, what is your expectations for the Ohio State this year? I saw a poll that had them just outside of the college football playoff, which as much as I don't like to admit it as a fan, as somebody that grew up watching them, it's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. Comp- oh, go ahead, Jonathan, go ahead. Oh, sorry. All right, so, I mean, I think the expectation every year at this point is for the Buckeyes to go undefeated. But, like, yeah, to be more realistic, 
I mean, I'll say they lose one game. Is it to Michigan again? Are we no. gonna? Is there, is there gonna be? No, a, I think is there they gonna beat be a, Michigan. Oh boy, Ryan, Ryan Day really needs we that. Are beat him. If Ryan Day does yes. not beat Michigan this year, he's fired at the end of the season. You know, I guarantee. You know how crazy? Uh, guarantee it. You know how crazy that would be yeah. to fire a guy that's like fifty-five and five with like two national. They already have their next head coach in house, in my opinion. Well, last time they had their next head coach in house, yeah. it was Ryan Day. So. It's going to be Brian Hartline. Oh yeah, we're going to send Brian Hartline Brian to the Wolves and run another fan favorite out of town. Brian Hartline or my hottest take. Cleveland Browns receiver Brian Hartline. <laughs> I do. I have a Brian Hartline jersey. Oh come on! <laughs> yeah, eighty-three. Yes, he was. Wow. I yeah. love that jersey. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> my hottest take is if Ryan Day is out of town at the end of the season, I think Mike Brabel leaves the Titans. That's a job. Oh, that, oh really? yeah. Oh, I, he was he was oh, rumored okay. to be in for that. That's job. a job yeah. that Mike Brabel has openly said he would always consider. Well, oh, that'd be dude, cool, especially because I mean, like, yeah, you think about it. Like, do you want to rebuild Will Levis, Derrick Henry's contracts up after this year? Like, do do, do you want to sit through that? No. Or do you want to yeah. be the uh, the legend of Malik the Willis. Ohio State Malik. Buckeyes in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> a team that loses max one game a year? Exactly. <laughs> you and team like that. You inherit that and just have like the best defense in college football and just promote Brian Hartline to OC. Yeah. Forget yeah, I, I was that. talking about this with yesterday, but college football and the NFL are so different. Because if you lose yes. one game in college, you're pretty much done. Your season is kind of over. Mm-hmm. Your your playoff hopes are in question. Until the playoff expands, I think that narrative changes. That playoff expansion is the worst, yeah. man. I got clowned last year for saying I like the BCS system, and every day with conference expand or conference realignment, I'm proven more and more right. So I don't like mm-hmm. the playoff at all right yeah, now. Yeah, it's. It's terrible. As it sits now or the expansion. It's the same teams every year. But, yeah, I agree with you, Jonathan. The expectation for Ohio State every year is, of course, to go undefeated and make the playoff. I don't see that happening this year. I see them being in a high-tier bowl game per usual outside of the playoff. And then once the playoff expands next year, they will be one of the teams that makes it every single year. Which is You think they beat Michigan this year in the big house? I want (laughs) to say yes, but I just don't see it in Ryan Day. No, I think they got this. But I don't, the I don't dude's got a coach with his head on fire, man. Like no, dude, the issue with Ryan Day, the first half of last year's game, that dude, he was coaching with his back against the wall. And if it wasn't for that fake punt that went astray, man, that's a completely different ball game. You know, like that. Oh, they called a fake punt or something, but the punter actually punted it, and then they got a touchback, and Michigan went down and scored real mm, quick. Like, yeah, that's what really. That, that, that's what lost them that game, but like, ugh. Here's my our know, defense man. was bad though in that game last year. God, it's always been that, bad. Last they let year, us yeah. down so bad. Biggest liability of Ryan Day, and here's why he's not successful against Michigan. Ryan Day is not successful against Michigan for the same reason that John Cooper was not, because they are not from Ohio. They don't understand the actual deepness Urban of that Meyer rivalry. Wasn't from Ohio. Urban Meyer coached at Ohio State as a grad assistant. He oh. already had experienced the rivalry as an yeah. as okay. somebody. He worked under. And actually, I think it may have been John Cooper. But John Cooper was fired because he lost to Michigan and had openly said, "I didn't. I don't." He said the rivalry was not that big of a deal. Oh, wow. okay, yeah. yeah at Ohio that. State, that big, is uh, not something you ever say. Big no. change from Woody Hayes, who said, "Why did you go for two? Because that's I couldn't exactly go for my f- point. I couldn't go for three. So, if Ryan Day were to go, that's why I think it would be a guy like Vrabel or a guy like well, Hartline who is honestly, back to understanding look, that that rivalry is a big deal. Okay, look, I think Ryan Day's kind of picked up. It's been a big deal because yeah. when you have people huh. calling for your job after not winning, like, right. if you go eleven and one and people think you're like going to get fired. Like, okay, 
I think he like understands. Okay, this is a big deal, and I could get fired if I yeah, don't. He better do this. understand it this year. He's definitely Pressure not retaining on. his job. Oh yeah, I. I I hate to say I agree with that because I do and, think that's the reality of it. And Gene Smith's last year as Ohio State Athletic Director, you think he wants to go out on a Michigan loss? Uh-uh. No. If he does, no. it's going to be Ryan Day who's gone think, with him. But do you think he wants to give the new athletic director a coaching search right on their first day in office? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do, do, do. But wouldn't the new athletic director want to do that? It'd be like, kind of like I get to pick my guy. Same way it wouldn't. Charles came in here at the University of Akron. He got to pick all his people. That was one of his main points is I really would I'd like to pick my people. And he, he got to. Mm-hmm. He got Joe Moorhead, one of the biggest hires this university's ever seen. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously you don't got to do anything with John Gross, that guy. If he ever leaves this university, I'll cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Jared Embick coaching the men's soccer team. That's another one you don't have to do anything with. That guy's locked and he should be. That's yeah. That's been a top 20 soccer program in the nation for Ever. as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I saw Darlington Nagby play last night for the Columbus crew, former oh, Akron nice, Zip. Nice. He had a good game. But back to expectations, yeah, I, I think Ohio State will be a just outside of the playoff bowl team. Maybe with one loss. That's fair. Hopefully not to Michigan. But they do. Ohio State tends to lose one fluky game every single year. Usually it's Penn State or Michigan State. Yes. I don't. Michigan State, man. Remember the mm, Andy, I was Andy talking Geiger about, kick? I was talking about this the other day. It was the 2015 game uh, against Michigan State when they lost like 17-14. to 14. Yep. Yeah, and Urban, oh my, games. they could have run it back, man. They should have run it back that oh. their Their quarterback at the time, Connor Cook. Connor Cook. He scored a, 17 points in the shoe. That's like a guaranteed recipe for a loss, and they won. <laughs> okay, he was uh, angry now. He's a, he's a former Walsh Jesuit quarterback, and at the time, I was watching the game with Walsh people, and when he had won, we're all Ohio State fans, of course, and one of the coaches goes, next time that guy comes to Walsh, we're going to have a problem. Because <laughs> he used to come around, he used to use a turf and throw when he was home, and this particular coach would run, would run the track all the time while Connor was throwing. He, he started like, a playoff game in the NFL. He was like, next time I see this guy at Walsh, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> <sighs> okay, now I'm but, mad about Ohio State. But yeah, oh. we've talked about Ohio State a little bit too much, so let's move yes. on. But let's continue with the playoff, and I wrote in the outline some some different wording that I would like to say on air. Okay. So I'm just going to say, why is Florida being looked at as a top four team? Because the chart that I saw (laughs) has Florida. No, not Florida. My bad. Florida State. Florida State State in the playoff. This is a team that has been so average since the first playoff with Jameis Winston. I think average is a compliment. They have been. They had Willie Taggart as their head coach. He's is he even he I don't know. Do you remember the year that was like twenty seventeen with like Jimbo Deon- left and that was it. Do you remember them. like the year with like DeAndre Francois and they played yep. Bama Week yes. when it's like, Oh, is Florida yeah. State a low key national championship team? And they got like boat raced like <laughs> forty two yeah. thirteen. Yeah. They're terrible. Francois tore his ACL and never got back to form. Yeah, I'm yeah, after that I've never buying into the Florida State hype again. I mm-hmm. think Jordan Travis is a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's worthy of being like a top ten preseason team, nor do I think they're getting into the the college football playoff. I mean, yeah, they're definitely not a top four team. Like, and two of their first four games were against top ten opponents. Like, their first games against LSU and LSU. Oh I mean, oh, they're dude. a much stronger team. Brian Kelly think, got his act together there. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I think Florida State's going to lose their first game. So, just because of that, they probably won't make the playoffs or be a no. Top you lose your first game, you're probably done. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And let I don't know. If you lose your first game, you're probably. And done. they play Clemson in like their first oh, game. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. So, they're dead. Yeah. They're cooked. It's gonna. Yeah. This is gonna bleed over into our next topic as well. I'm gonna tie these two things together. The the big for those of you who don't know, big game boomer on Twitter makes yes. charts, makes tier lists. Very popular guy. I referenced them a couple weeks ago when I hosted. Yes. Yeah. So that is where I got this list from. And his his tier one college football playoff is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Penn State. Oh my gosh! Well, I love Drew Aller, but That's not that so much. Bad. No, it's terrible. <laughs> no. Okay, That's the the tier problem. two is LSU, Clemson, Kansas State, Ohio State, Alabama. We're behind Kansas, Kansas State in the same tier as Bama and yes. Ohio State. Yes, Washington, wow. Oregon, Oregon Washington State, Notre Dame, Oregon and State, USC. and Notre Dame in that list. Or- <laughs> yes, this is, a, this so is and then fun. tier three. Listen to this: tier three is conference contenders, which makes sense. You got. Ohio, Toledo, Tulane, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Pitt, the Herd, Tennessee, all basically every team. Are you going to read like all 156? (laughs) No, that's why I'm not going to keep going. But where I'm going to keep going is the lower tiers. The very bad tier has Cincinnati in it, who. Wow. Well, and I honestly, I wouldn't put them very bad. I'd maybe put them in the lucky to make a bowl game tier. Dude, they lost Luke Fickle. It's over for them. But it pleases me to announce that the University of Akron is no longer in the very bad tier. (laughs) The University of Akron has moved up to the lucky to make a bowl game tier. And Kent, it's not a state, has dropped to the very bad tier. Kent in last. Kent in last. (laughs) But Akron being in in the lucky to make a bowl game, I could see it, Pat we Weber. Are, we are back, baby. Pat Weber we brought back. this up. I could see Akron make if they if the Akron is five hundred. I could see them being in like the Bahamas Bowl or something like that. Which I don't care, man. If this yeah. team makes a bowl game, I don't yeah, care. It could be want. it could be the Cheez Its Bowl, man. I don't care. Make yeah. whatever you want. Hey, I watched that whole game in like twenty seventeen when they were in the Idaho the potato, potato Bowl. bowl. Yeah, I have a hat. I watched that oh, full. Yeah, I watched that whole game verbatim. Oh. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I would love to see Akron make a bowl game. Just give me something, sure. man. Just give me something yeah. before I leave. Yes. Same, man. I'm a senior this year. I'd love just do something before I'm yes. gone. Watch. It's just like when ele- when you leave a school when you're little. And Ironically, they- the first year I graduated from high school, our team went to the state final four. <laughs> right. Once you... Wow. For, yeah, for Once you leave a school, you know, when it's elementary school, they get a new playground. And then when it's middle school, they get new, like, cafeteria stuff, all new, yeah. everything. And then high school, they just rebuild the whole building or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing here. I I will graduate, we'll all graduate, and Akron will be a above 500 football team. There'll be a good football team, and there's going to be a Dunkin' <laughs> yep. Donuts in the student union. I did see that, man. Oh. That makes me so mad. After we leave. Makes me so mad. It's okay. It won't get done until. But it's okay. We got Andy Ann's and Kent doesn't. Ha ha. Kent has nothing. Ha ha. Don't go to Kent. Ha ha. (laughs) Not a Kent guy. I mean, I actually. It's it's pathetic because, like, yeah, I. I, I, You you live there and pay your city taxes there, but you know. But hey, go zits. But we got about six minutes left before we head to break. Um, Let's talk about can Akron beat Indiana? Indiana, mm-hmm. like in week three, There's yes, a chance. that's the first main. Other than Kentucky, this is the first major game for Akron. I mean, Indiana's okay. been and I've heard so people bad. say that this is possible. Yeah, and I'm considering going. They're going to Bloomington, okay. Indiana. Yes, it's actually a very nice campus. I've been yeah. there. It could be a nice campus, mm. but you still have to go to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah not much to do two things Indiana. can be true. Like, 
You know, like as soon as like you like are like south of Canton, it's just like cornfields till Columbus. <laughs> you know, and then like it's Columbus and it's cornfields till Cincinnati. Like you know, like <laughs> I went to Pat Weber's hometown yesterday, and I I don't understand the hate. He hates on it too much. Uh, Springfield, Ohio. Uh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's. So can okay. can <laughs> hacker beat Indiana? Can the Zips beat the okay? <laughs> no. We won two games last year. We could barely beat an FCS opponent. Look, I understand there's a whole nother year of recruits and stuff, man, but like this is a Big Ten team and we could we barely beat an FCS and a Mac team last year. Like, look fair point. Yeah. I I think we'll take a leap. I think we'll take a jump. We're not taking like a full-on like skyscraper type of jump like we're not having like the world record vertical ever like i mean I, indiana's I a pretty bad team though dude they're, this, they're this ain't this ain't mca 14 though Ten. man i like <laughs> you can't go like four and seven to you know 12 and 0 national champions the very next year true i think they have a chance though I think yeah it'll be closer it'll be closer than we think i don't yeah. see them winning but no. i think no. it could be closer than anticipated yeah I don't know. I'm not expecting much, but... Uh, okay, that's fair. Two more things I want to get to in our college football segment before we head into our final segment, which is Cleveland Browns talk, which I can see the excitement on everybody's face over there. Oh, yeah. We're back. Yes. yes. But first topic before we had to break is Heisman, Caleb Williams. Could Caleb Williams become only the second two-time winner ever, which is Archie Griffin from the Ohio State University? Yeah. Yeah, he could. This is the first year where genuinely the answer is yes. On, so here's yeah, the thing: like true. his draft stock is so high. I think if it's one of those things where, like, look, if he like, look at like Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, mm-hmm. right? He had a minor hamstring injury and just didn't play and protected his draft stock. It worked. Yeah. I, I no, I, again, I'm saying it worked. I think Caleb Williams could be in the same boat. Like, I'm like, I'm not wishing injury, could but like be. at the same yeah. time, like, like, dude, if he just tweaks something and he's not a hundred percent, like, he would be stupid to, you know, give up being the first overall pick in the NFL draft to just go lose to Georgia in the first round of the college football right. playoff. Like, the injury risk does not outweigh the reward of winning a national championship. Like, right. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, like, look, I know he can get some crazy NIL money if he comes back next season, but, like, look, NFL money is NFL money. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I don't again. I definitely think he could talent wise. I don't think it would make sense logistically for him to play the whole year. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think he can, but I think there's a, like a little less competition for Heisman this year than there normally is, and that's why I would say yes. I mean, you got like some dark horses like Washington's quarterback LSU, and I mean, but you got Georgia and Alabama who uh, their quarterbacks went on so. They're going to be, like, uh, rebuilding at that position. Like, it's, like, unexpected, like, what we're going to see from them, like, on the offensive side of the ball. So, I think because of that, uh, Caleb Williams has a good shot. I think he does, too. Uh, I think the closest we've seen to this level of hype and potential to get a second Heisman would have been Johnny Manziel, and I think Caleb Williams has a better chance Dude, than Johnny, Johnny Manziel. Johnny was did. on a different stratosphere, though. Like yeah, Johnny was, was so Johnny was in commercials watch. with LeBron after. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 look, dude, awesome. I love Caleb Williams, and look, he's in the L.A. market. He is not in that. No, Johnny was on a different planet. Johnny was on a different planet, and for it's, several reasons. And I bring, yeah. <laughs> I bring this up because the last thing I wanted to touch on is the Johnny Manziel Netflix documentary, which is called "Untold: The Johnny Football Story." For those of you who haven't watched it, Browns fan or not, 
This is a really good watch, in my opinion. Have you watched it yet, Matt? I'm not inflating that man's ego. You have to watch no, it, dude. No, no, I haven't watched it. Mean, you no. have to watch it. It's no. such a good watch. My favorite takeaway from His the whole thing. His agent is apparently like a wizard. Oh, he was. Yeah. And he had so many good things to say. My biggest takeaway was he, his agent told a story and said, you've probably seen this part on Twitter. Oh, this, 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 yeah. His <laughs> agent tells a story and he says, the Browns GM comes to me and says, hey, man, Johnny's a, Johnny doesn't watch any film. And I, the agent said, well, he has to watch some film. He's an NFL quarterback. He goes, no, man. Johnny's iPad hours are 0.00. <laughs> Camera cuts to Johnny Manziel, holds up a zero with his fingers, and he goes, none. none. Zero film. Wow. Not a single second the entire wow. time I played for the Browns. <laughs> 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 and that explains so much. But that documentary is incredible. And my question based off the documentary is, is Johnny Manziel the most talented college football player ever? Talented. Forget the NFL. Forget any anything else that happened. Strictly football. Strictly Texas A&M. Is Johnny Manziel the most talented football player of all time? Polarizing. In college. Polarizing, yes. Talented, no. I still think that's Cam Newton and Tim Tebow's. I can't, college Cam and college Tim Tebow. I think those two are on a different level, like talent wise per se. Yes, I was going to mention those people as well, but Johnny Manziel's definitely up there. John, one of the like, most electrifying. Johnny was I've electrifying, seen. but like Tebow and Cam were like literally tanks. Like they were like two hundred and sixty pound guys that could mm, run yeah, and like true. throw like nuclear Cam bombs too. Like Johnny could just run around in the backfield. He was never taking on safeties for fun. I also would put yeah. Reggie Bush in this discussion. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Reggie Bush. And I had to be petty because of the Bush push. But <laughs> Here's my take. Reggie Bush, give him his Heisman back. Physically, give him his Heisman back. Yeah. And yeah. leave the guy alone yep. at this right. point. I don't blame him for being upset about that. Yeah. That's going to do it for our college football segment. We have one more segment for you, and it is Cleveland Browns talk. You're not going to want to miss it. Lots of good things. Lots of audio from training camp, from when Matt went and when myself went with Mitch and Alex. You will not want to miss it. Stick with us right here on Z88. Welcome back to our final segment of today's show here on this fine Sunday afternoon now at the University of Akron, one day before classes start. Moan. I, I'm not yeah. looking for it. Hey, not feeling it. It's always good to be here at the University of Akron, whether we're in class or not. But let's get into our final topics of today's show, which is the Cleveland Browns, or as I like to call them as of yesterday, the Cleveland Frowns, because I'm so tired of seeing this team blow games, man. Yeah. It's... Uh. <sighs> but let's get right into it. The Cleveland Browns played the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, and they lost 33-32. to mm-hmm. Tough. Meaningless. They were up 21-0. to Who cares if it's meaningless? It's meaningless. It's, Come on. I yeah, just can't deal with it, man. It's, it's a count. preseason yeah, game, it's... dude. The guys we saw blow that lead are not going to be on a team in some, in, in, like uh, Tuesday after cutdown day, Pro- except Cade York, but... Yeah, <laughs> oh, and we will get into uh, that. He'll be here. But let's start off with a guy that is a positive pinpoint of this recent performance by the Cleveland Browns, and that was Juan Thornhill. He had a pick six in his return to return, quote unquote, in a preseason game yeah. to the Kansas City Chiefs. Juan Thornhill is going to be such a good addition for the Cleveland Browns this year. Yeah, great addition. And Matt, you had a chance to sit in on his presser. Um, what was the energy like around Juan Thornhill? A dude's just like so like positive vibes and energy. Like I don't think he was, it was like an eight and a half minute press conference. I don't think he stopped smiling the whole time. Like good, it's impossible. Awesome. Like he like smiled when he talked. Like it was the dude's just so up like up yeah upbeat and full of energy. Uh, but yeah, 
He's he's fast too. In case Very you, fast. In case you couldn't tell after that pick six, <laughs> he's quite the quite the speedster. Yeah, he's he's got the energy. He's got juice. He's got speed. I, I honestly, I think he's going to be a great free safety in this defense. I know John Johnson was played out of position here the entirety of it, but mm-hmm. I mean Juan Thornhill's going to step right in and be an impact player. I mean, you know, yesterday he was. You, I, I expect the same thing September tenth. Absolutely, and as you mentioned, Juan Thornhill. Was, is, was in the right spot at the right time. Uh, Juan Thornhill actually got to talk to you a little bit about play calling for the Cleveland Browns this upcoming season. Obviously, the play calling was good for him yesterday against the Chiefs. So let's hear from Juan Thornhill on his thoughts on play calling. Close to the best, do you guys have to kind of keep things? I mean, honestly, it's whatever coach calls. Like, he, it's, I think it's all about the mood, honestly. If he come out there and he just want to see like us compete, he might stay real vanilla and not really show anything. If he want to see what we can really like, um, like if we can understand our coverages, he might call a little bit more. So I really don't know what he's going to do, but um, hopefully he can call. Um, a decent amount of calls, you know, just to keep it real competitive. So the last two weeks of camp, you will have played Philadelphia. That was Juan Thornhill, Brown safety, on the play calling for the upcoming season for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he kind of said that Kevin Stefanski can go either way. He kind of like made it sound like he Jim can Schwartz. also Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, excuse and that me. Was, that, the question was more tailored towards Saturday specifically, but also into the regular season. So that's kind of the uh, more surrounding context of it, yeah. So, Matt, what are some of your takeaways from his comments here as you were there in person? Yeah, so uh, he brought up just initially how it might be a bit more vanilla early on, and I kind of reflect that statement at least as far as the preseason game goes because they weren't doing much complex stuff. I mean, basically the core of Jim Schwartz's defense, rush the passer with four. If you get to him with four you can and rush throws, we are all like the secondary is fast enough to get to the ball faster than the receivers can readjust. And that's what we saw on his pick six. It was exactly that Shelby Harris complete bull rush up the middle uh, oboe on the edge too. it forced the throw. Juan Thornhill was able to see the ball before the receiver could adjust to it. And he yep, walked into the end zone pretty much untouched after that. Rodney McLeod, same situation later on. And then uh, we had a different pick six later on by one of the backups. Again, same sentiment reflected. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Uh, Juan Thornhill, obviously a guy that has had some experience with one of our division rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Uh, played him in the Super Bowl. and AFC Championship. AFC Championship, excuse me. Two AFC Championships. Yeah. And obviously... A lot of December regular season games, too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And Juan Thornhill actually talked about this a little bit as now he's a, a part of the Cleveland Browns. I think he could bring a lot of good things to the Browns and helping out with the Bengals. So let's hear from Juan Thornhill on playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Two seasons. Can you bring a lot um, to this defense about the Bengals? Given how much you played them and how big those games were. Uh, yeah, I definitely could bring a lot to it. I mean, because I played them at like the top level when they wanted to be at their best. So I'm not gonna really give out too much right now, sure. but I definitely feel like I can help with that. But, but sure. it's a real thing. Like, yeah, you, you think it's a real thing. Yeah. That was Juan Thornhill on playing the Cincinnati Bengals twice a year and week one. It happens to be for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yes. Um, Matt, what were your takeaways being live for this one? Yeah, again, he seemed to just he, – he understands the Cincinnati Bengals, man. I mean, you know, look, it's one thing to play someone in the regular season, but just, like, with, like, the highest amount of stakes and, like, playing them in two AFC championships, like, he is, like – he's really had to study just tendencies of all these guys real quick. And, like, not that, like – 
the Browns receivers, or sorry, DBs haven't. Like, we always are weirdly successful against the Bengals, even Joe Woods. But, like, it, it, it's going to be nice to have another set of eyes on that, per se. Because, you know, again, we've been successful against Cincinnati somehow. But to just, you know, get a different viewpoint on what works and what doesn't, I think can only be a benefit rather than a harm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jonathan? What are some of your takeaways from this audio from Juan Thornhill? Yeah, so, like, I definitely agree with Matt. Um, I think he brings uh, a lot of positive energy, positive vibes. And, like, I could tell from the interview, he's, like, willing to talk to the media and, like, give, like, his thought-out responses. And I I think he's a great addition to this team. He brings a lot of experience. He's played in those games. And, like, he played played for the Chiefs, playing the Bengals. Like, that's really a good experience. Uh for a young team like us. Absolutely, I agree. Juan Thornhill is going to bring a lot to this Cleveland Browns defense, and specifically against the Cincinnati Bengals week one. But heading into week one, I would say the biggest question mark for the Cleveland Browns is the kicking position, and that is Cade York currently, who has no competition in the Browns facility right now, and he really should, in my opinion. Cade York missed... Did he miss two extra points yesterday? So he missed. Well, one, one was blocked. Well, yeah. No. The, the okay. So the one he the extra point he shanked he got rolled up on. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that's that one was blocked. Then we went for two, uh, and then he missed the game winning field goal that was blocked. So technically his missed PAT didn't count, but it, yeah, but it did. Cade York, yeah. and when I was at the facility, Matt, they moved practice inside. Yeah. For the rain, and. They they had Cade York kicking, and the amount of media and personnel that were just intently watching this guy kick. <laughs> he was 5-for-5 five five when I was there. 5-for-5 five five kicking. Yeah. And then he gets to the game on Saturday and does that. And then opens his mouth and says that confidence is not the issue. So what is the issue then? Because this is, this is a guy that really started. I mean, he's... Let me put it this way. If this the Browns roster on paper looks really good right now. Yeah. The defense we have Jim Schwartz, that's a really good coordinator. Offense is fine. We have Deshaun Watson who's playing very well. We have Elijah Moore at receiver, Amari Cooper at receiver, even DPJ looked good in practice. Mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman is impressing. On paper, this Browns roster looks very good. Yes. What happens when they get on the field and it's the same situation, game winning field goal? And Cade York blows it against the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. I'm reliving right. the Chargers game because I was yeah. at that one. Oh, boy. I mean, oh, are you going to – I guess <laughs> I my question is, are the Browns giving Cade York the chance to blow them regular season games? Because if I'm them, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I saw Andrew Barry mm-hmm. staring at him for at least 20 minutes during that practice. <laughs> oh, boy. Here's the thing. I think he's going to stick around, but I, I want to make sure we direct the blame to the right people. This is strictly on, like, the general manager position and maybe ownership. I, I don't want to, like, um, I, I don't want to throw Stefanski as the guy with this because he does not have the no, roster decisions to do that. Him. Like, yeah. he can't do that, so I don't want to blame Stefanski for that, per se. I think, you know, he's the, he's the coach. He's going to be the fall guy for some people, but, like, strictly... I really have n- never had many negatives to say about Andrew Barry. If Cade York is, uh, if he's lining up for extra points and field goals week one against the Cincinnati Bengals, oh boy, oh I'm 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 gonna be sweating bullets. Yeah, we got an yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah even Hope- extra points, I'll be sweating bullets. Oh yeah, yeah. If he didn't miss that one against that. the Jets game, oh man. Yeah, the first kick of the season. <sighs> he peaked week one as a rookie. I really thought yeah. I saw a tweet. Yeah. It was like 
imagine being one of those people that purchased his jersey after week one just because he beat <laughs> Baker. People would call him the greatest kicker. NFL. And oh stuff. man! I, I mean, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I was on the hype train about him. Yeah, everyone a little was. Bit. He just hit like a 59 yard like nuke at the end of against the, game. the most hated dude in Cleveland at the yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> Want us a regular a season opener for once? Yeah, uh, and then it's... missed the extra point against the Jets, so we lose 31 to 30 and don't go to overtime. Uh, uh, week uh, week three gosh. didn't. Week three he missed an extra point, I think. Uh, week four, he was fine. And the Chargers, he just... Uh. Give us Justin Tucker and we would have a winning record last yeah. year. Like, yeah. It's just that simple. Please. Did anybody see the video of, of 50-year-old Phil, Phil Dawson, Dawson yes, that's kicking actually, a 55-yard that, field goal? It's going quasi-viral on Brown's I would, now. I would not be opposed. That's how unsold I am on... Cade wow. York. I, that's crazy. Can, can we get like a f- guy that's like not 50? Like, you know, like maybe like Rob. Well, like, think Bank about like Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, Dude was cool. like 48, and he was still one of the best kickers in the league. Yeah. Same with Gostkowski when he was with New England. I just okay. prefer a younger guy, a little younger than that. Then let's go get like Robbie Gold. I know yeah, he's not. He's like 40, I think. Yeah, he's 38. He's up, yeah. He's up go there. get Robbie Gold or. I would even trade for a kicker, man. It's that bad. Yeah, just trade a seventh round pick for. What if we trade a fourth round pick for Cade York? Or Cade York for a fourth? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. No, we trade a kicker. We trade a fourth round pick for a kicker. That's what I'm trying to say. I was waiting for the words comments. And then Cade York cost us two fourth round picks. That'd be great. (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, I think the Browns should bring in some competition for Cade York. Yeah, at least at minimum, because there's been nobody else in camp to even challenge him. So if I'm Cade York, I'm thinking, they're not going to cut me. They have nothing else. Yep. Why would you not bring in somebody else? All right. I think another, uh, one thing I'm really looking at. All right. So he got rolled up on, right, on yesterday. Mm-hmm. What if he just, like, has a nag, a, air quote, nagging injury, all right, and he goes on IR this week, and we yeah. bring in another kicker, and if that kicker does well, Cade York just never comes off the IR. And then next camp, we just do this all over again. It's possible. Yeah, that could happen. Heavy speculation. I'm just saying like that's gonna, that's going to be something I'm going to be watching at least from Berea this week. But mm. do you see him getting cut? Do I see it? possibility? It's a strong possibility. I don't think so. No, I, I I don't see it. I think the only way he's not our kicker week one is the IR scenario I just laid out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I just I don't I think the Browns are too stubborn to know they would know how bad they look. They picked him and then they cut him one year later. Like you knowing yeah. how like this show goes, he will be cut at like one oh five PM. Oh yeah, it happens every single time. That could happen, yeah. Definitely so many just random breaking news things that never happened when we're on these airwaves. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, I think Cade York probably ends up being the kicker as much as I don't want him to. And we'll I we'll see how it plays out, but I would love to see somebody else in that position for the Browns. Somebody who is in a very difficult position for the second year in a row, though, is Jakeem Grant, who is now out for the season with torn, a torn patella. This is sad, man. Uh, that's, yeah, that's dude, so unfortunate. Like his first snap in a Browns uniform is probably his last, dude, because his like his contract's yeah. up. He's gonna have he's gonna be thirty one with just two really terrible injuries. Dude, you just feel yeah. for the guy. I man. feel bad for, for him. Sure. Dude, because yeah. from, from the looks of it, he looked like he was going to be wide receiver six. He was going to be our first team return man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, Austin Watkins probably not making the roster. Schwartz not making it for sure. 
Jakeem Grant, wide receiver, wide receiver number six, and special teams guy. And then the opening kickoff, man. Dude, just just take a knee, please. Just take a knee. <sighs> no, oh, nothing good happens returning kicks now anyway. And just to see that, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback. This, I just feel so bad for the guy. He's been through so much. He's been like yeah. nothing but just good mm. vibes around the team anyway. Too. It's just, it's so unfortunate to see stuff yeah, like that, man. It's it's terrible. So, what's the Browns' solution going forward with Jakeem, with Jakeem Grant's injury? Like. Uh, I, think, I guess for kicking return specifically, it depends on Jerome Ford because he kick he did a kickoff return the second half of last season and DPJ was on punts. But like if Jerome Ford's not going to be good week one, like you don't have a kick return or punt return guy on this team, and you're going to have to throw like DPJ or Elijah Moore back there and just have them take meaningless hits. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. I would not put Elijah Moore there. But neither no. would I. But I mean, like. We're gonna put Donovan Peoples Jones there, the most like inconsistent accelerator on the team. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're in a tough spot there. What about Dimitri Felton though? He's got to make I the mean, roster first though, man. He's one, of, he's one of those bubble guys because you got to think it's Chubb and Ford, and then is it gonna be Wilkins, Kelly, or Felton? Like we don't, we like we'll know more I Tuesday. Think Felton once should be the kick return look, honestly after this. We'll uh, we'll know more like uh, Tuesday when roster cutdowns mm, are official. Yeah. But I mean, like again, like. It's a real up in the air thing right now. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I it is very up in the air. Um, but yeah, I hope Dimitri Felton makes the roster. Yeah, I think I'm, he should. I'm indifferent, I man. Look, dude, like yeah. running back three and wide receiver six. These are guys that are combined. They're, like they're going to combine for like maybe 200 total mm-hmm. all-purpose yards this year. Like it's nothing to really right. Yeah, get up in a hissy fit about no. for sure. But it could be interesting where that goes, especially in the kick returning department. But one of the options that I've heard thrown around was Cordell Patterson. This is a guy that the Browns were reportedly interested in already, and now this injury happens. Are you considering a trade for for Cordell Patterson? Again, dude, give me till Tuesday. I think he's going to get cut in Atlanta because they had Bijan and Tyler Algier. Both of those guys are in the first and second year guys. Like, why would they keep a 31 year old running back as the third stringer when like it's true. They have such a youth movement right there. I I could I could see him getting cut. I would I I don't want to panic and like give up a fifth round pick like right now or like Monday. Right. But if it's like yeah like Tuesday or Thursday like after cutdowns basically, and you could get Cordero for like a fifth or a sixth for just one year as a special teams guy and like a running back three, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I think it'd be a great addition for the Browns to get him. And yeah, I mean B. John Robinson, everyone's hyping him up, thinking he's gonna be the rookie of the year next year so I think it'd be best for Atlanta like to move on from him I think it would be great if the Browns could get him in the return game absolutely Matt you mentioned just before we came back from break that the Browns made a trade oh yeah 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 let me pull it up they did a swap yeah. with the Patriots a tackle for a running back let me get the names Here it is. Tweet from Ian Rappaport. Patriots have traded running back Pierre Strong Jr. to the Browns in exchange for offensive tackle Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Okay. I know hardly anything about Pierre Strong, but after that trade, sounds like he's going to be running back three because you don't trade for a running back right before cut down day and then cut that guy. True. So it sounds like it's going to be Chubb, Ford, and Pierre Strong as your running back room. Most likely. And then... uh, 
Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know much about Pierre Strong. I'm not going to. I don't lie. either. Like, I, again, apparently, I've never heard the name from a tweet I saw during break. He runs a four three seven, so he's kind of fast. Well, that's good. Maybe uh, it's he's for the return game. I, again, it could be. It really could be. I, I do not know, so I don't want to like yeah. quite literally. I, I know nothing about it, this it would guy. Make the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, that should be interesting. That, yeah. I guess. So, what does that mean for? Is Jerome Ford going to be running back too? You think? Yo, definitely. Yeah, yeah without I a think doubt. That, yeah, he's he's good spot. too, man. He's good. I mean, we didn't get to see him this preseason, but like when he right. gets carries, yeah. he's he's. I wish you would have been able to see him in the preseason, though. And now yeah. looking back, knowing all this with our running back situation, do you regret not bringing Cream Hunt no. back? No, no. Yeah, I, I kind of liked having the best running back duo in uh, football, though. So I have man, I do miss Kareem Hunt now. Hey, you don't need to run the rock when you have a competent passing game, and hopefully, you know, yeah, if he, Andrew Berry said he was slow, I believe it. Yeah, he probably was. Tough. And I, I did tough like to tackle. I, I did like him, but I think I don't regret the the loss of him. He, he's aging, and where did he end up? Did he signed with, no, sign yeah. with the Saints. I thought he signed with the Saints. No, he's yeah. no. Did he sign with the Saints? No, maybe. No, he's still no that's right, because he went and met with really? the Saints, and, and, his, then the and they told him yeah, to and not he sign. he visited the Colts because oh. of the Taylor holdout. He's still a free agent. Oh, okay, wow. Where do you think Jonathan Taylor's going to end up? I I heard the Eagles are interested in him. I oh, really hope boy. they don't get him, though. They I would not him. want... Well, Matt, you will really appreciate this. Hmm. If the Eagles get Jonathan Taylor, their backfield will be Taylor and Swift. Nice. That'd be an incredible <laughs> yeah. backfield. And that's on Taylor Swift's favorite team. Yes, she is an Eagles fan. She is an Eagles fan. I, 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 I Look at that smirk. I thought you were just going to make like a really like... No, I'm like being so serious. Pun. No, no, no. I thought you were making like a, like a you know, like a oh, <laughs> Taylor Swift thing. No, you actually knew she was an Eagles fan, so good job on you, yeah. I totally uh, didn't steal that from Aaliyah Craig or anything. Oh, no, that I'm sounds just like, like something that came I'm directly. A Swifty, I'm a Swifty, guys. That came directly from your mind, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm the biggest Swifty of all time. Oh, yeah. Shout out Abby Wickwood, who I got into an argument with last night about why I'm not a Swifty. Okay. But one thing I've learned from Abby Wickwood is that you'll never beat a Swifty in an argument about Taylor Swift. Nope. It'll never happen. So I ended up just saying, all right, <laughs> you win. Because I'll never know. Nothing I say will ever change her mind or any Swifty's mind, for that matter, about Taylor Swift. But I don't want to get on a Taylor Swift tangent, especially with Matt Permuka on air, because it'll never end. Yeah. We'll talk about Taylor Swift all day. And it would be a debate that I would not win. And I'm not in the business of losing debates. So we're not going to do that. You're on Sports Talk Radio, man. That is basically <laughs> that's your business every other day. Hey, so, man, I don't lose. I don't some, lose. Some segments you win, some you lose. Yeah, for sure. And I would not win a Taylor Swift one, especially against you, Matt. And that is a testament to your fandom. Thank you. But another Cleveland Browns, not necessarily question mark, but I guess a bright spot. Not, I guess, a bright spot, but something we, someone we haven't seen much from, but I'm excited to see a lot from, is Deshaun Watson. What are your expectations for him under center for the Browns this season? Um, I mean... I would say I got high expectations just because of the caliber of quarterback he is and how talented he was uh, with the Texans. I mean, obviously last year he he had a lot going on. I mean, the suspension, like he had to learn in a new system. So, like, I didn't expect him to perform, like, great in those games that when he returned. But this year I definitely – the expectations are up. I mean, we're paying you, like, an extreme amount of money. So we expect you to deliver and help us get to the playoffs. Yeah, stop me if you've heard this before, but this team's only going to go as so far as Deshaun can take them. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, like last year. In, in that, look, I was one of those guys that was drinking the 6-0 and Kool-Aid, all right? And then he came back and just <laughs> was not it. Like, no. was, was not no. it by any stretch of the imagination. Was just dropped into, you know, fresh off of not playing football in two years, in the middle of yeah. December when everyone else yeah. is, like, you know, in the playoff hunt. Like, you know, he was the sacrificial lamb basically there and just no real chemistry with anyone. A full offseason, right, right. man, like... Look, you play your entire division in the first four weeks. Three division games and the Titans in the first four mm-hmm. weeks before your bye yes. week. Expectations at least. If you can start off with two division wins, if you go two two and one in those That'd first two games, does it Titans game, I could see that going either way. If you're two and two with two wins of the division, I think you're just fine to go the rest of the way. Look. That first five games, Deshaun Watson's never been a guy that starts off hot in his career, but like mm. he has mm. to because, yes. Yes. look, if you go zero and three in your division by week four, it's it's over. So uh, mm. yeah, basically yeah. what I'm saying is the <laughs> the entire season can basically be determined by the end of September. As scary as that sounds, like yeah. I, I'm that's fair. I'm not really like excited for this season more as though I am terrified. <laughs> yeah. I'm very terrified as well. I'd take I'd take that same approach, Matt. If if this is an unsuccessful season, I just don't. I mean, we say it every year. I don't have hope, but I really would have issues having hope yeah, for the Cleveland Browns. With no, this. what we'll what we'll do is we'll blame it probably on Stefanski, and then we'll be we'll getting ourselves we'll get ourselves hyped up on this new head coach that's going to fix Deshaun Watson, and then we'll buy back into it, it next year. So <laughs> so that's how it'll often. go. That's how it'll go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yep. Before we end our show, guys, uh, last thing, Josh Dobbs was traded by the Cleveland Browns a few days ago. Actually, the day I was at camp on Thursday. And Josh Dobbs, when I was there with Mitch and Alex, had probably the worst practice I've ever seen in my life. He was throwing, he threw five interceptions, and I saw Andrew Barry go from watching him on the field into a back room, and I had an assumption that something was going to happen. Oh, well, wow. you know, like, so, look, Mary, Mary Kay Cabot put out an article about that. From what it sounded like was they waved Kellen Mond that morning, and so they were committed to him, and then the Cardinals just called them out of the blue. So if you think mm-hmm. Dobbs had a bad practice, imagine what the Cardinals saw that made them say, hey, let's just, like, Take on this guy that's only played two career games ever. So I don't think it was wow. like a practice performance per se, but just like the Cardinals probably saw something more horrific. Definitely. Yeah. But guys, that is going to about do it for our show. Any final thoughts for today? Oh, man, I, I, I got nothing. I'm going to lost for words. Very excited for this football season. I can't wait to start watching college football and NFL football. It's going to be a good one, guys. Oh, yeah. I have... I like to end all the shows that I host again with a quote. And with school starting tomorrow for the University of Akron, my quote this week is, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose, and that is Dr. Seuss. Make sure that you commit yourself this semester to a good year, semester, year, whatever year you may be. Freshman, welcome to the University of Akron. If you haven't checked out WZIP, you should. You're making a mistake if you don't. But lots of good things going on at the University of Akron and with football season coming up we're all very excited shout out Maya for listening today I appreciate you but that's going to do it for today's show once again joining me was Jonathan Harsh and Matt Bermuda and we will see you next week same time same place right here at the University of Akron on WZIP stick around for more of the best hits